Wrestling fans, ah, it's that time once again for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's that time once again for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Gotta love that Floodlands. That's right, and of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast and Twist. I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, you know him as the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, but also as the host of the Oak Show, Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OGPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is good? Are we ready to talk some pro wrestling? Hell yeah, we are. Maybe. I, I thought we were here to talk baseball. I mean, we could. But I got tricked into this one. Not joking. <laughs> it's the beginning of the season. Nobody cares about baseball this early, except for crazy people. This is true. Because really, nothing that happens right now really matters. <laughs> right now, facts. right this- now, you should be watching the NBA because the NBA playoffs are off and they're fucking really good this year. And also NHL as we build in to the hockey Lombardi. Yes, we want the cup. Blue shirt nation, stand up. Let's I go Rangers. Watched, I actually watched the Rangers game the other day. They they're lost good. to the Bruins. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's the Bruins. But this, three to one. this year they got the potential. They do. This, they, is, this, is, this is what we've been finally manifesting for a couple seasons. I've been watching a lot of lacrosse lately. The oh, kid cool. plays lacrosse, so I've watched him. And then he wants to watch college lacrosse, so we watch some college lacrosse. <laughs> uh, Pat says, if we're talking baseball, fuck the Astros. Thank you very much. Not you're, wrong, you're Pat. Not wrong. Actually, here, let me hit you off with it. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but you didn't have to say it. I mean, there you good go. Lord. Well, with that being said, though. It's good times. Good times. Good times. Good vibes. You got a big week ahead of you, by the way. Hell yeah. NFL draft. Draft. You're going to give your draft board picks? Yes, we are. We got that lined up for the ODPH. Going to talk the NBA as well. Uh, obviously, uh, Brooklyn is falling, and we're all here for it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, hey, I, I, was, I was looking at the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks doing well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some good teams out there in the NBAs. Yeah. I watched a great game the other night between Utah and Dallas. Very slept on a series. Yeah, yeah. Luca back in the lineup. Could be a game changer. We'll find out. Ah, good stuff. So make sure you tune in to the ODPH podcast. Uh, you're recording tomorrow? With yes, the we are. So back on back normal, to normal schedule, schedule. So it'll be available tomorrow night. Make sure you check them out. Look at that. Early uh, plug skis. Appreciate you. Well, I, I, I look forward to it. And then, well, then again, I was off from work for two days last week because of power <laughs> outages. So, I mean, I didn't really miss too much about it. But it's, it's nice to have the sports talk from you guys on Wednesday. The only other sports talk I listen to is uh, Pat McAfee show. Mm. Which is very entertaining. Yes, you're it is. listen to it. Very entertaining. All right. With that being said, though, we do have a lot of wrestling to talk about. We had a whole big independent wrestling weekend. Plus, plus. Our friends over at Impact Wrestling had a pay-per-view we'll be talking mm-hmm. about. So in the opening uh, about, we are going to be talking about reviewing GCW because we're one of the very few podcasts out there that spend a lot of time on GCW. Yeah. Not just in passing because we're GCW fans and we think a lot of other people should be too. So uh, we're going to be talking about the event that went down this weekend and then also right after previewing the event that comes up next weekend from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And then Ave- and to finish out the opening bout, we will be talking about Impact Wrestling's Rebellion card. 
Then we're going to take a break. Come back from the break in the mid-card. We will be talking. We're doing the Indie Roundup, baby. There was some stuff on IWTV we're going to talk about that came out this week. Also, we're going to talk about the Glory Pro Wrestling Show that happened this past week. And we will also be previewing Circle Six's second show coming up this Saturday from Cleveland, Ohio. And then last but certainly not least, we'll be kicking it over to the main event where we'll be talking about what is on the major wrestling uh, mind right now. New Japan, AEW, June is the day in time in Chicago, Illinois at the United Center for a crossover show. We'll be talking about that and so much more. And also, I will be talking about networking for pro wrestlers, giving riches jewels of the business and networking because I think it's very important. was going to talk about it last week, but I talked about it this week because other things popped up. So hopefully people have been better about that to listen. So... But before we can dive into all of that greatness that's coming straight at you on this show, I got to let you guys know how to find Ken M in the Ultra Duro Parlay Hour. Take it away. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Parlay points. New blogs count anywhere. Just dropped this past weekend. Definitely got a lot of news to talk about in the land of pro wrestling. The T Public Store, where you know I, there's a lot going on over there as well. The directory, everything that is the ODPH can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. And of course, everything's three fat nerds can be found at 8122productions.com of course we have our t public store link up there as well on top of the t public store link we also have the patreon link patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content including the three fat nerds podcast every week early plus it's the uncooked edition which means you get bonus content and extra content of course also on there is the links to this very twitch channel and also the stuff lined up for not only three fatners podcast but 607 tws friends of the show like the odph and so much more uh it's a one-stop shop for everything of course we are on social medias three fatners pod throw an at in front of it if you have to on all social medias hashtag three fn pod uh wow jesus so much more there's just a ton of stuff i could continue to talk about but i'm not going to but i will make this announcement we are days away because right here on twitch.tv slash some podcast, if you're watching on Twitch, if you're listening in podcast form, this is also uh, helps make sure you're following on Twitch because this upcoming Saturday, April the 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it will be the Three Fat Nerds fourth anniversary extravaganza where we will be having some fun, thinking some people, having a good time. Guests will be stopping in and we will be talking Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it is the 70s edition with Gene Wilder. I also would like to point out, because people have asked, are we reviewing it? No, we are not reviewing it. Hey, Super B! Hey, what's going on? Thank you for the anniversary shout-out. We love you, Super B. Uh, But I will say this. We are not reviewing it. We are actually going to be commentating on watching it with adult eyes. (laughs) Uh, So it is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. I know that Ken M will be there. We have other guests possibly pop dropping in i gotta find out who is dropping in and it's gonna be a lot of fun i did tease on patreon and i'll tease here because it's twitch that uh one of the things that i to go with it we are gonna prove that grandpa joe is the biggest asshole in all of willy wonka i can see that we're gonna prove it we're gonna prove it that's going down this weekend plus more you're gonna love it it's gonna be a good time it won't be a long show probably an hour or less uh but it's gonna be a lot of fun also you know you know how much we make it <laughs> grandpa joe is a scrub says super b you're absolutely facts. right thousand uh, percent facts because i'm gonna have on the tvs in the other room we're gonna have the wrestling shows on because gcw and circle uh six are both on nice that i'm gonna be at dragon master games because i got two tvs Got a lot to work with. So uh, that's going to be in the other room. We're going to record from the studio. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if, uh, you know, we got so the, the patrons were offered to come by and uh, any friends of the show are also offered to come in and uh, have a good time. It's going to be a good time. 
watch some wrestling, have some drinks if you want. If you don't drink, that's fine too, and uh, do all that stuff. So this is going to be a good time. Drop by twitch.tv slash podcast this Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But that's enough about us and what we got going on. I'm sure we'll plug it at the end of the show. But I have to get to one of Ken's favorite parts of the show because he gets real irritated if we don't start it on. Come on. Oh. Tradition, man. By the way, sorry about that little gap there. I must have not given enough time for the great Bruce Buffer to powder his nose. He's got to get prime time right. It's been a while since we've been, you know. It's been a while since I've seen Bruce Buffer. Yeah. It's it's, it's been interesting. Bring Bruce Buffer back. Where the fuck is he at, man? Last couple shows I watched, they were fight nights. We got the the replacement guy. I don't like him that much. I'm going to be honest. The replacement replacement ring announcer for UFC, not that good. See, I don't mind him because I watched WEC. So I got me used Okay, to it. he's not okay. Well, let's put it this way: he's not the worst. I can name wrestling announcers that are way fucking facts. Worse. I'll give you that. There's one that I have to see, unfortunately, monthly. That's fucking terrible. I'm not going to say who it is though. But if they're listening, they probably know. Just mm-hmm. thought it out there. Just thought it out there, son. All right. But let's do. Let's talk about positives. You know what's positive? We had a fucking awesome weekend for Game Changer Wrestling this past cool. weekend. The another cards. burner, baby. Another burner. Game Changer Wrestling changing the fucking game as they do as one of the greatest independents in the country today. Of course, you can find all their stuff on Fight.TV until we find out about the Settlement Series, which that'll be on IWTV. We'll talk about IWTV later. Mm -hmm. All right. First up, we're going to review the shows that went down this past weekend, preview the next shows, and then talk about Impact after. Here we go. You ready, Kenem? Let's do this. First off, let's start about this past Friday night. GCW find you again live from the Franklin County Fairgrounds in Columbus, Ohio. This is their Columbus, Ohio debut. Ohio and, debut, period. And how hot was this crowd? And it was a packed house. Yes. Uh, so much for not being able to sell tickets in Columbus, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let's go over what happened. And they got started hot and heavy because the opening contest, Blake Christian, all heart, best in the world, defeated Dante Leone, 10 minutes and five seconds. These two guys had a banger of a match. I would hate to overshadow the match, but the big news came after the match as Blake Christian took the microphone, thanked Dante Leone, said how good of a talent he was, but mm-hmm. then said, you know, there's a guy who has a similar trajectory to me. We told us we were too small. We'd never make it. And then we signed, and we were down in Florida together, and we both made it. And now I hear that he's interested in possibly coming here to wrestle me. Well, he wants to know if the fans want it. I think that everybody here should chant Johnny Wrestling. And they started chanting Johnny Wrestling. He says, see, they want it. Let's make it happen. Blake Christian versus Johnny Gargano in GCW seems like it's right around the corner somehow. I hope they do this at homecoming. I know I'm booking way ahead, but this is match of the year candidate written all over it. Blake Christian, if you're not following right now, is currently the wrestler of the year. Look at the card and body of work that he has done. And the match with Dante Leon was absolute fire, kicked off the crowd in the perfect way. And then the setup for this, they're building it, and nobody does build like GCW. Take my money now, lock it in. Of course, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, bringing you up to speed. Johnny Gargano did tweet out that he would like to wrestle Blake Christian in GCW without being prompted. Nobody asked him. He Mm -hmm. just said that that's what he would like to do. Since then, Brett Lauderdale has said that they are working on it, and Blake Christian is obviously hyping it up. It'll be a banger of a match when it does go down. Uh, Next up, we had a rare non-deathmatch match. For Mr. Three-Pete himself, Alex Colon, as he defeated Tony Deppin in 13 minutes and five seconds. Absolutely great match. It was weird not seeing the death match, but you know what? Tony Deppin completely played it up, had a lot of fun with the crowd, too, and this was an absolutely solid match. He did tell him it was going to be a regular match. Yes. 
Next up, we got All Elite Nick Wayne defeating the Sauce God, Alex Zane, in 8 minutes and 16 seconds. Another classic match right here. This is was really fun to watch. And seeing Nick Wayne progress right now, I mean, you, you forget how young he is. Oh, absolutely. Because he is just wrestling light years beyond his age. So, super good match. Uh, one of the matches of the weekend for sure. Nick Wayne and Alex Zane tear it down. Mm -hmm. Next up was supposed to be a three-on-three -three match, but it ended up being a three-on-two handicap as AJ Gray could not make the event. He had some car troubles. We'll be talking about that more extensively over, over time. But the second gear crew of Matt Warner and Matthew Justice defeated Big Stark's brand, Billy Stark's Calvin Takeman and Cole Raderick, 16 minutes and 44 seconds. And boy, did those kids earn their stripes on this show. Applaud them. Give them their flowers because they hung in there with SGC. It was a brutal match. It was a fun match. It was everything I was expecting for. But, yeah, they, the Big Starks brand definitely did their thing for this one. Next up, we came back from intermission because intermission happened in between, and we came back with the standard staple GCW seven-way scramble match. Nobody does it better. And the legendary Spider Nate Webb defeated <laughs> ASF Gringo Loco Jimmy fucking Lloyd, Lucky 13, Too Hot Steve Scott, and Yoya to win the seven-way scramble match. Of course, we did get the full Weedus introduction. Greatest intro in all of wrestling. But most importantly, after the match, Charles Mason, a JCW yeah. fan, fame, appeared out in nowhere, or infamy, I should say. Yes. And proceeded to strangle Nate Webb with piano wire. Puzzling, because I don't think they've ever had any interaction before. Well... Nate, uh, basically, Charles Mason is claiming on the internet that he's tired of these old hacks taking spots from young guys, so he's going to take his what's his. Interesting. I'm I'm assuming we're going to get a match between them possibly this upcoming weekend, maybe even for JCW. We'll have to wait and find out. That'll be a fun match. Next up, we had GCW gold on the line as the GCW World Tag Team titles were on the line. Your champions, Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie taking on the One Call Manders and Levi Everett. This match went 16 minutes and 22 seconds. And at the end of the day, and still the GCW World Tag Team champions, Bussy. Fun match. Definitely got the crowd going about this one. And I mean, what else can you say about Bussy? They're great. Listen. Nothing better than the Iowan Cowboy, one call <laughs> Manners, going to get a lip lock with Daddy. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, I actually, I thought that all four, four participants did an amazing job in this match. Probably one of the most underrated matches of the weekend. They did I will an say. amazing job. Next up, we had a match that a lot of us were waiting for, especially those who are big fans of Jordan Oliver, because the East Coast Ace, Big Breakfast, the clout cutter, Jordan Oliver got an opportunity to wrestle wrestling legendary royalty whatever you want to call him alex shelley at the end of the day though alex shelley does defeat jordan oliver 14 minutes and 25 seconds the best part about this is that jordan oliver is the protege of the late great jimmy rave and alex shelley and jimmy rave of course spent years together on the independence mm -hmm. of course uh you know mo you know it, it's it was just it's amazing to see and at the end of the match uh, Alex Shelley has some really warm words for Jordan Oliver, including saying that, hey, Jimmy, you, you, you made a good one. Yeah, this was an absolutely classic match. I really enjoyed this one. And just to see how far Jordan Oliver has came, and Alex Shelley absolutely put on a wrestling clinic every time he's in the ring. This was just uh, something to, for wrestling fans to really get behind. I was excited about it. And then it comes the main event of the evening, where, by the way, before this match happened, the bad boy Joey Janela said that this would not be a death match. Mm -hmm. He said that this would be, if I bleed, I'm calling the Athletic Commission. <laughs> <laughs> but 
The bad boy Joey Janela went one-on-one -on -one with the GCW ultra-violent champion, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wine Murdoch. Wow. And at the end of this match, the belt was not on the line, but this match was almost a half hour long, 29 minutes and 40 seconds. This match was one of my favorite matches of the weekend. At the end of the day, the Duke of Hardcore gets the win over the bad boy, and they did bring out the weapons. No blood, really. No blood, really, but none really needed, to be honest with you. They told a great story in this match. Joey Janela was an MVP this weekend, too. And to see how this came off as something out of John Wayne Murdoch's element, not being a full death match, this was really something cool to see. Because, like you say, you're, you're so synonymous like, with him and Alex Colonna, seeing them always in death matches. Well, to see him do something different was really cool. Yeah, of course, also it's of note, Joey Janela broke his ankle or foot during this something match. Something weird happened. Continued wrestling, because it was during the middle of the match. Uh, and it would actually wrestle the next day. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the more important thing is earlier in the night, because I've saved this for the end, earlier in the night, after Alex Cologne's match, Alex Cologne called out John Wayne, Wayne Murdoch, called him a pussy and a bitch, told him he wanted that belt and he wanted it now. John Wayne Murdoch does not appear. Mm -hmm. Then, then, at the end of this match, John Wayne Murdoch grabs the mic. He said, yeah, I heard you earlier, but I had a match to come out for. I didn't care what you had to say. But now that that business is done, how about you bring your ass to the ring, you little bitch? And so Alex Colon came to the ring, and we had a pull-up brawl to end night one of the GCW two-shot for the first time in Columbus, Ohio. And as a whole, how did you feel about Find You Again? Very solid kickoff to the weekend. GCW is on a roll. Like I say, solid card all around. Jordan Oliver match really stuck up. I mean, they are putting together some of the best wrestling on the planet right now. Ooh, sweating. It's a hot day in the studio. It's going to get cold again here, though, speaking, in upstate New York. Speaking of hot and sweaty... We have to talk about what happened the next night, though. Oh, we're getting to that right now because uh, the next night, GCW was back on uh, Fight.TV mm -hmm. with uh, GCW The Old Me live from the famous, infamous, legendary Harpo's Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Mm hmm. We opened up with a five-way scramble match. It was supposed to be a six-way scramble, but one of the participants was in a later match due to AJ Gray not being able to make it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the five-way scramble we saw as 607 TWS's favorite asshole stole a victory. Yes, he did. Because Tony Deppin defeated Billy Starks, Jordan Oliver, Too Hot Steve Scott, and Yoya when he just stole a victory. But the highlight of this was Yoya climbing the Harpo stage. Climbing and, the quad stack of speakers from the top of the stage. Yes, and jumping off. Probably a good 20-foot dive, Easily. if not higher. Easily. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Next up, also may, have, may or may not have taken out the sound for the yeah. rest of the night. <laughs> it came in and out throughout the rest of the night. It could have been that spot. Next up, we had a singles match. And uh, two nights, two youngsters all the things that Alex Shelley loves to do because Alex Shelley defeated all elite Nick Wayne 11 minutes and 13 seconds. Another banger of a match from Alex Shelley and another young, talented athlete to get the showcase against the legendary Alex Shelley. Love this match. Really told a great story. And what else can you say? Alex Shelley was an MVP this weekend too. Absolutely. fucking Lily. Next up, we have the Dirty Daddy, the Putrid Papa, the Filthy Father, Chris Dickinson. Take on and defeat ACH 12 minutes. 57 seconds. Very good match from start to start to start to finish. This one definitely had my attention the entire time. Love seeing this match. Absolutely. This is one of the better matches at the, at the end of the match. Chris Dickinson put over ACH saying how great of a wrestler he is. And, of course, also thanking the crowd for helping him get to Japan because, as we know, he's going to be going over to New Japan mm -hmm. Pro Wrestling uh, in, the, in the near future. Next up, we have the GCW World Tag Team titles on the line. Your champions, Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie. 
defend the belts against ACF in Gringo Loco, 13 minutes, 40 seconds, and still GCW World Tag Team Champions, Bussy. Boy, was this match crazy, including an insane spot from ASF. Yes. This match was absolutely wild. And this is where I was talking about, too, with the spotlight on at the Harpo Theater. It definitely seemed like the sweat was building up here, and they were kind of having oh, struggles. Effie was, Effie was soaked in sweat. Yeah, but that well, ASF absolutely stole the stole the match on this one. But another great match, Bussy retaining. And what else can you really say? They're on a roll right now. Absolutely. The next match could arguably be called the match of the weekend, the match of the night. It's between this. Uh, it was mine, but it was between this one and the one after it. Yeah. But the bad boy Joey Janela steals a victory from Bandito. 11 minutes and 55 seconds. Even with a broken foot, Joey Janela goes out there, gives it 100%. Bandito, though, let me tell you, if anybody was sleeping on Bandito, watch this match. Bandito is the real deal. Facts. 1,000% facts. This was up there for my match of the weekend as well. Joey Janela working on that bad foot, too. You never would have noticed. Definitely told a great story in this one. And Bandito, how he's not signed to one of the bigger companies right now is beyond me. I have zero clue, but, uh, but AEW should have put yeah. AEW should have put that together, brother. Mm-hmm. Next up, though, is another match that, by the way, Father Time rewinded itself. And this was a banger. Yes. The Murder Grandpa. The King, Minoru Suzuki, defeated two cold Scorpio, 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Let me tell you what, two cold Scorpio, phenomenal. I don't know where he found the Fountain of Youth, but man, he has definitely tapped into it since returning to GCW. This had to be one of my favorite matches of the weekend. I loved everything about this and the show respect after the match too. You don't really see that side of Suzuki often. Suzuki raised the hand of two cold uh-huh. Scorpio to say, hey, I respect you. By the way, the, uh, you know what really worked out and when I rewatched it? Because uh, I, I unfortunately I had to run to the bathroom during part of the match, not because of this match. This match was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I think all the experience that Two Cold Scorpio has from being in Japan for years paid off. Him and Suzuki had a straight Japanese-style match. Very old school. Although, you know, obviously Two Cold mm-hmm. brought some like more uh, flips and athletic into it. But also Two Cold brought a lot of hard hits. Because yeah. there was a one hell of a like two or three minute spirit test. And I they were not holding back from one another. Holy shit. No, they definitely left it all in the ring. I got to say, it's one of my favorite Suzuki matches he's had in the States, period. And that, that's surprising because going in, I was like, oh, you know, he's found the fountain. He's like last week we talked about Two Cold's found the fountain of youth. But is, is it going to mesh well? Because we thought that about other guys and it didn't mesh so well. Pleasantly... He, they messed very well. Yeah, I definitely want to see that ran back sometime. All right, next up, the GCW Ultra Violent Championship was on the line. Your champion, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, defended against Hoodfoot. This match got nine minutes and 40 seconds at the end of the day. And still the GCW Ultra Violent Champion, John Wayne Murdoch. And I'll tell you what, this was a hell of a fucking death match. This is a match... Deathmatch, and I would point out to somebody who might be on the fence about deathmatches to watch, because this is a good wrestling match mm-hmm. that just happened to have light tubes and glass. And these two guys went out there and had a hell of a match. Hoodfoot is an up-and-coming superstar in the deathmatch world, in my opinion, and I'm wondering what happens when he gets into TOS. I'm not doubting he wins this this year. He might. It might be his year, but then again, there's other people. We'll be True. talking about this soon. Uh, by the way, at the end of this match, John Wayne Murdoch, Firing from the other day before, said, hey, I'm done with my match. Hey, where's that pussy Alex Cologne? Get your ass out here. Mm-hmm. So Alex Cologne comes to the ring, and Murdoch does the heel thing and bails, but has the mic, so he goes, listen, I'm not fighting you right now. Uh, why should I have to fight you? I'm the champion. But I got two things I want to tell you right now. 
Firstly, as long as I'm breathing, you will never win another TOS. And two, follow that bitch. Yeah. Because uh, Alex Colon's match was next, so he's just told him to follow his match, and he walks to the back. So then, uh, originally, we were slated to have Alex Colon going up against AJ Gray for the U GCW Extreme Championship. Mm -hmm. However, AJ Gray couldn't make the show because of airplane problems and car problems. And uh, so instead, we got a TNT Extreme Division title death match as Alex Colon was challenged by... A different kind of boy. Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd filling in as the all-star that he is. Mm -hmm. This match got 11 minutes and 32 seconds and still the TNT Extreme Division champion, Alex Colon. How'd you feel about this match? Once again, similar to the other match, I would show this to somebody who doesn't necessarily like death matches because it was wrestling that just happened to have weapons. Yeah, I mean, that's something about Jimmy Lloyd that's very slept on is like he can get plugged and played anywhere they need him on the card. And he definitely delivers every time he's in the ring. And you, you, it's, you hit a great point, too. For everybody that's, like, really on the fence about giving death matches a shot, and trust me, I understand, it's not for everybody. There's some of them that aren't, you're not going to like it. It is what it is. Right. The This card actually had two that were kind of, like, I want to say gateway matches into it, like, to kind of test the water if you can handle it. Because it wasn't so much emphasized about the weapons. It was more about the storytelling that just Psychology, happened. Psychology, match, normal match. Yeah. Very good wrestling. It just happened to have glass and light tubes mm -hmm. on both ends. Uh, but at the end of the match, John Wayne Murdoch reappears, comes right into the ring with a microphone and says, listen, by the way, if you're watching it live, there was audio problems. I yeah. had to listen back. Unfortunately, I'm going to save Alice Colon. I'm going to give you the better part of the story. We're going to save the fact that Alice Colon actually ruined the surprise. Mm. Uh, I love Alex, but he definitely stepped on the surprise. But anyways, Murdoch comes back in the ring. He says, listen, I ain't out here to fight you because let's be honest. I'm the champion. I get to pick when and where I fucking fight. I just defended my belt. I'm out here to make you a proposition. You have a choice to make. You can either enter TOS and try for that four P and he made the jerk off symbol. Yeah. Or you can get a shot at this GCW ultraviolet title, but I know you're not used to hearing this, Alex, but you can't have both. Hmm. It's one or the other. So Alex Cologne says, you know what? I've already won three years in a row at TOS. I don't need that. I want that belt back, and I want to kick your ass. He ruined the surprise, but we'll skip that because we'll go back to John Wayne Murdoch because it was important. Murdoch gets the mic back and says, okay, that's all right. There's a show the day after TOS. It's called COS. I know a lot of people want to know what it means. So I'll tell you what it means. It means the day after TOS, Alice Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch for the GCW Ultra Violent Championship in the cage of survival. Take your victory lap. I, 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 yep. I mean, I, a lot of people knew it, but I, dude, I was so excited that I being right. I didn't care about being right as much as I'm like, I'm a big fan of Cage of Death. And now that we're going to get to see Cage of Survival, yeah, I'm so stoked. And, of course, one of the best deathmatch storylines possibly in the history of deathmatches between Alice Colon and John Wayne Murdoch is going to come to the head inside the Cage of Survival. I'm, I'm all about this life. This is going to be amazing. I do have a flaw theory, though, on COS. We'll get to at the end. But Alice Colon versus John Wayne Murdoch, June the 5th. Cage of Survival, the very first ever Cage of Survival in the history of GCW. Of course, it is going to probably be their Cage of Death. And uh, I can tell you as of right now, 
we're 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 planning to go. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go down. We're not gonna go down for the full weekend, but we're gonna go down because I need to be. I was a big Cage of Death fan. I was. I've gone to many a Cage of Death live. I need to see this first one for myself, especially when it's John Wayne Murdoch versus Alice Cologne. Like I said, probably, possibly, it's definitely the best. De- it's definitely one of the best angles. Period. Right now in the business, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna possibly go down as one of the greatest feuds in the history of deathmatch wrestling. Because I don't think this is usually the cage ends it, but I don't think it's gonna end there. I think it's gonna put a comma. They might take a break between the two of them for a while, but I don't think this will ever be over until one of these guys is no longer doing it. Yeah, this is what we call long-term booking right here. Cause, but really good long-term yes, booking. Yes, this has been a great story to watch ever since its inception. And to get that payoff, too, with, with Cage's survival coming back, that's a big deal. And if you're not familiar with it, go do the research on Cage of Death, and then you'll get the true understanding. By the way, I will point out the reason I said Alex Cologne stepped on is because when he accepted, he said, yes, I'll, I'm going to pick the GCW ultraviolet title and I'll kick your ass in the cage of survival. And it was like, fuck. Yeah. He stopped on it. Thankfully, Murdoch did the line. And the reason why I think that is because you can edit that around <laughs> when you're doing the build for the show. I just wish that he wouldn't have stepped on the line. It's, it, it happens. It but, you know, happens. they're excited about announcing it, too, because I think both those guys are really amped up for this match. But I, once again, I said, I think there's a little going to be some uh, twist. But we'll talk about that in a second because we had an intermission because we had to set up <laughs> the main event, which was the high incident match. And we found out during the week that it was going to be a scaffold match. <laughs> so high incident is just scaffold match pretty much. So high incident, the rules are simple. It's somebody that if you've ever seen an old school scaffold match, there's the scaffolding high above the ring. There is tables in the ring, outside the ring sometimes, in this case, just in the ring. And whoever throws their opponent off the scaffolding through a table wins the match. And, of course, in the match, it was the Briscoes, them boys, Mark and Jay Briscoe, taking on the second gear crew, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. This match got 15 minutes and 32 seconds. And this has been one hell of a story that they've been telling between these two crazy-ass tag teams. Mm -hmm. And they brawled everywhere. We saw stage diving spots. We saw just getting the shit kicked out of them. People are bleeding. People are going. They they, they broke. They had tables, not, 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 not the doors tables they broke at least 10 tables and at the end of the day though it was a draw as mark briscoe and mance warner's crazy ass jumped off the scaffolding at the same time to go through the other's partner on tables have you ever wondered what a human demolition derby looked like (laughs) you have now seen this because i sat there the entire time trying to comprehend what these four individuals were doing to each other, because this was some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. I could not break away to tweet. I was literally sitting there just, I threw my phone down at one point, and I'm like, just basking in this moment. Because from the start where Jay could not get put through the table, was it three times? Oh, it took him like three or four times, yeah. Yeah, just... Table didn't break. No, but they were persistent about making sure the tables were getting broken, jumping off the stage left and right. I mean, you know... It's a high stage, too. Yeah, I was going to say. This had SGC written all over it. The Briscoes definitely were uh, were amped up for this one as well. It lived up to the hype. It was a draw, but honest to God, I, we all want as fans. And I definitely want to see this ran back, but I'm kind of scared of, like, how are they going to top this? So, that's my philosophy. I think 
This is just me going on a limb. I don't have any inside knowledge. We have seen a draw multiple times between these two teams, whether mm-hmm. it was a three-man or three-team, I should say, or just the two of them. And we have not gotten the closure that we need in this feud. I think because it's going to be the first time, I think we're not going to have just one cage of survival <sighs> match. I think we're going to have two. I think we're going to get the Briscoes versus SGC oh, inside a cage of survival. Not as part of a three-on-three, right, right, but right, as right, right. two separate matches. I could be wrong, oh, but I, I feel like that so. would be I the be perfect right. that would be the perfect punctuation. Must be a fucking winner. Cage of survival, Briscoes versus SGC. And of course, we'll still have the main event, which in, also would be inside the cage of survival, as we already know is guaranteed, between Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch for the GCW Ultra Violent Championship. I mean, like how else could you, how this feud end? Like, I mean, that's perfect booking. That has to happen. It, I mean, it might not happen, but that is my call. I think we're going to have, because it's going to be the first year, we're not going to just get one cage of survival match. We're going to get two. And I think that that tag match is the perfect. In years past, you would mix them up and do like a tag, but we already know there is one for the GCW Ultraviolent title. So why not just put the cage up at intermission and have t- then have two matches? No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Because, I mean, how else do you end this feud? I mean, I could watch this fight forever because it is that damn good. But, I can, I can, I'm going to tell you, it's just like the uh, main event. I don't think it'll be a period either. Usually stuff like this is a period. I think there's going to be a comma. That's They'll go away from it, and we can always come back. Yeah, and I'm here for it. That's the nice part about a <laughs> comma. A comma ends it for now. Come back. I think that's going to happen in both, because I think those are both fight forevers. But that is it for this past weekend. Overall, GCW had a banger of a weekend oh, between Columbus, Ohio, and Detroit, cards. Michigan. But we don't have much time to uh, fret, because... GCW returns to Fight.TV and uh, Wrestling Action this upcoming weekend from Atlantic City, New Jersey in the carousel room at the Showboat, which is always one of my favorite places to be. Mm -hmm. And we start on Saturday night, the 30th of April, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with GCW in too deep. Of course, once again, from Atlantic City, carousel room at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City. And here's what we have announced so far for the show. You ready? Let's talk about it. We have the bad boy Joey Janela going one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, that's going to be a great match. We have the East Coast ace Jordan Oliver going one-on-one with Masha Slamovich. That'll be a fun match. We have ACH returning to take on the sauce god Alex Zane. That'll be a classic. We have... The Dirty Daddy, the Putrid Papa, the Filthy Father, Chris Dickinson, going one-on-one with Biff Busick. Oh, bring a mouth guard for it, even if you're watching at home. And then we have three death matches. There might be more added, but we have three death matches, two of which are Tournament of Survival qualifying matches. The first Tournament of Survival qualifying match, Slade versus Sawyer Wreck. Okay. And then the second tournament survival qualifying match. And the real sad part about this, I hope there's a secondary one because I think both of these men should be in because we're going to get the deathmatch samurai Akira going one-on-one with Hoodfoot. Yeah, there's... Only one qualifies, though. Hopefully there's a second chance option because I'd like to see both Akira and Hoodfoot in TOS, but we're going to get this match happening on Saturday night. That's going to be a crazy deathmatch in general, but let alone with the chance to get a TOS... Stakes are going to be high. And in the main event of the evening, I'm assuming, in a death match, for the GCW Ultra Violent Championship, your champion, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, will defend that title against the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, the Ratty Daddy himself, Cole Radrick. Give it to me. I'm here for this match. 
I'm also here for this match. Cannot wait for it. It's going to be a great time. GCW on fight.tv. Of course, you can get the bonus package because it's Saturday and Sunday. But we will talk about that in a minute because before, and remember that's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday night. At noon Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, we are going to get the the fifth of uh well the first of May, sorry. We are going to get the JCW show, May Flowers, and that will be live for free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. Nice. So check that out noon p.m. Eastern time. Ready for some matches? Yeah, let's talk about it. Brandon Kirk takes on Big Fucking Vin. Oh, okay. In a tag match, Jimmy fucking Lloyd and Sawyer Wreck will take on the young, dumb, and broke team of Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor. That'll be a fun match. In a four-way East Coast Legends match, Azriel takes on Grim Reefer, takes on Arcadia, takes on Too Hot Steve Scott. Oh, that's going to be a fun, fun, fun match. In a singles match, the Prize City OG Alec Price will take on the one of the fit Prize students of one Matt Tremont down there at the H2O school, Dylan McKay. Oh, okay. And the last match listed so far, which I'm sure there'll be a few more added, sure. Hoodfoot takes on Yoya. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm I'm in for this one. Yeah, it's going to be a good card as it usually is and I cannot wait for all of this. All of this. Are you ready for the 5 p.m. show, though? Because on Sunday, May the 1st, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Game Changer Wrestling is back on Fight TV. Once again, you can buy the package together. And they're back on it with Life Goes On from the Carousel Room at Atlantic City because all these shows were from there. Ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. First up, the bad boy, Joey Janela, goes one-on-one with Masha Slamovich. Okay. We have the tag team match. Where the young aces, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, will take on the SAT Joel and Jose Maximo. Interesting. I'm, I'm definitely excited about this match. The Sauce God will go one-on-one with the end seeker, Dante Leone. Oh, that's going to be a fun match. We have two, count them, two Tournament of Survival qualifying matches, which I'm assuming are death matches, obviously. Mm. In one, we have the Iron Beast. Shane Mercer, the Iron Demon, sorry. He's in the team Iron Beast. My yeah, bad. No, no, no worries. And he's going one-on-one with Jimmy fucking Lloyd. One of them is qualifying. One of them is not for tournament of survival. Oh, man. The, the Shane Mercer. I, I can't go against him. And in the other qualifying match for tournament of survival that's happening that day, Brandon Kirk asked to be in tournament of survival. He says he wants to get serious. Okay. GCW says, okay, Brandon Kirk, we'll give you an opportunity. But... But to get that opportunity, you have to take on your mentor, the man who allows you to teach wrestling at his school. It will be Brandon Kirk versus the bulldozer, Matt Tremont, in a TOS qualifying match. If Brandon Kirk hopes to get to the main stage of GCW, he has to go through his mentor, the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. Man, that's an intro to the deathmatch world right there. And ladies and gentlemen... In what I'm assuming might break down into a death match for the GCW World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, Bussy, Allie, Catch, and Effie, will go one on one with the Rejects team of Akira and the GCW Ultraviolent Champion, John Wayne Murdoch. Mm. So, a different lineup than we're used to for the Rejects. Yeah, I was going to say. But Akira is a member of the Rejects, so it does work out. Interesting. 
That's going to be a great match. I'm assuming we'll have another couple matches announced during the week, but sure. that is what we have for right now for GCW Life Goes On, and that is the end of the preview for this upcoming weekend. How are you feeling about the Atlantic City weekend coming up on Fight.TV and the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel this week? All roads point to TOS, so there's going to be a lot of that action going on. I'm here for it, and GCW, like I say, is the biggest indie on the planet right now, putting on consistent quality shows. They've been on a roll since the world on GCW, so if you haven't gotten on board yet, this is a perfect time to get on board because they got a big summer planned. I'm telling you right now, this is a perfect way to start that off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we promised, the kick to end the opening uh, segment of the show, we're going to talk about the results from the Impact Wrestling Rebellion pay-per-view mm. that went down this past Saturday night from the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Heard good things. A.K.A. the, the old ECW arena. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about it. Uh, there was a dark match that I do not have a time for, but uh, Kenny King defeated Crazy Steve via pinfall in a dark match. Okay. That was just for the audience. There's no time. Pre-show match. We got two pre-show matches. They're very good at doing pre-show matches on the, uh, the Impact shows. Mm -hmm. And they give them away for free, which is always nice as well. I will say this. This was a replacement match, too. Okay. Because Eddie Edwards defeated, by the way, he had all of the uh, honor guys. Honor in his no court. more. Yes. As he defeated Chris Bay, filling in for Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham. Because Jonathan Gresham was pulled from the show. Surprise, surprise. So much for Forbidden Doors. Mm. Nine minutes and 20 seconds, by the way, but it was a great match. Eddie Edwards versus Chris Bay. I would pay for that anyways. I definitely got to check that one out. Next up was a tag team match for the Impact Knockouts World Champ Tag Team Titles, and the influence Madison Rain to Neil Dashwood defended those titles against the inspiration Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay via pinfall six minutes and thirty five seconds on the pre show. All right. Next up, we kick off the show, and we open up with a three way dance, and Steve Macklin defeats Chris Saban and Jay White. In 11 minutes, 50 seconds to open up with his new Punisher face yeah, paint gear. I did catch parts of this one. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the new gimmick. I, I, I'm I like Steve Macklin, so I'm not going to. Oh No, it's, since since he's been uh, on in Impact and on the Indies, he's been doing some great work. I'm just not sold on the new look. Like, it's just from, for some reason, it just wasn't clicking with me. No, they're, they're obviously believing him, and he's, as I think he should. And he defeated Saban and Jay White. That's a big feather in the cap right there. Next up, we had the AAA Reina de Reina's championship match. Your champion, Deanna Parazzo, defending against La Vera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. This match got nine minutes, and at the end of the day, and new Reina de Reina's hmm. AAA champion, women's champion, of course, Taya Valkyrie. Well, with those two involved, you know it's got to be a great match. It was definitely a great match. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we had a three-way match for the Impact X Division Championship. Your champion, Trey Miguel, defending against Speedball Mike Bailey and Ace Austin. This match got 10 minutes and 20 seconds, and at the end of the day, a new Impact X Division champion, Ace Austin. I actually did get a chance to catch this match, and holy crap, this was great. I'm, I'm all behind it. I love Ace Austin. Actually, yes. I love all three guys in this match. Yeah, perfect. But mix. Ace Austin going over? Nah, I'm not complaining about it. I love it. Next up, we had a little uh, battle of uh, New Japan because both of these guys are featured on New Japan and New Japan Strong as Tamahiro Ishii defeated Jonah by pinfall 14 minutes, 35 seconds, and it was what you thought it was. It was two big mm -hmm. bulldogs going out there and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, you, you got what you paid for with this one and then some. Next up, we had an eight-team elimination challenge for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. 
And uh, Violent by Design won. The uh, Eric Young and Joe Doring uh, done won by uh, eliminating last eliminating Heath and Rhino. Thirty two minutes and fifty seconds. Long ass match, by the way. Yeah, they gave a lot of time to this one from what I was catching. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to catch all the matches on this one, but definitely heard a lot of interesting things coming from this one. By the way, in order, uh, the number one team out was the major players, and they opened up against Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey. They eliminated uh, uh, Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey. Uh, Then the major players were eliminated by the team that came out third. That would be the Good Brothers. Okay. Uh, the The team that came out fourth was Rich Swan and Willie Mack. And they were, no, sorry. Yeah, the team that came out fourth was Rich Swan. No, the team that came out, th- yeah. The team that came out third was jo- Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, sorry. They were also eliminated by the Good Brothers. The team that came out fourth was Rich Swan and Willie Mack. They were also eliminated by the Good Brothers because the Good Brothers came out fifth. But okay. all these teams got cleared out by the Good Brothers, just so you know, sorry. I, the, the way that they did this box was really weird. Uh, the good brother, uh, coming in fifth was the good brothers and they eliminated all those teams when they came in. The sixth team out was the honor. No more team. They eliminated the good brothers. Heath and Rhino came out seventh and they eliminated the, they eliminated honor. No more or no. Yeah. They eliminated honor. No more. And then Violet by design came out last, picked the bones and won the match. Well, it's, it's kind of a little confusing there, too, because, I mean, obviously there's so many teams involved, and especially, like, it was a good showcase by Impact, i got to say this. They always take the time to really push both tag team divisions, so this is a good showcase. Sometimes they get too convoluted. That yeah, was like I said, that was a lot going on with that. Like I said, I heard good things about it. I mean, I saw that uh, Chelsea Green went through the table by yes. Morrissey, so that was, like, kind of the big highlight from this one. Next up, we have the Impact Women's Knockouts Championship on the line. Your champion, Tasha Steeles, defending against Rosemary. And uh, 12 minutes, and still Impact Knockout champion, Tasha Steeles. Steeles making a good run right now as champ. Time for the main event. Main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship. Your champion, Moose, defending against the man that he has been in a heated feud with and has gotten personal. And that, of course, was the the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. This match got 23 minutes, 55 seconds. And at the end of the day, and new Impact World Champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Did catch this match. Holy crap, what a main event. And awesome to see Alexander get the belt back, too. Absolutely. I was a big fan of this. And, yeah, what can I say? Great job by everybody involved, including uh, Moose was a, it was great in this match yeah. as well. I, I got I got to give it up. Got to give it up. But, uh, overall, very good card from the people over at Impact Wrestling. Can't wait to the next one. Lots of, child, lots of title changes, but also... A lot of title defenses. They kind of mixed it up nice and good. They do have some very slept-on pay-per-views. I will say that because I know that you have to really kind of search a little bit to find the programming. But whenever they do a pay-per-view show, it is usually a solid pickup. Oh, absolutely. It's, all, it's Keep your eye on them. They're very good. All right. We are going to take our first break. We're going to recompose ourselves, get ready for the mid-card where we're going to do some indie roundup stuff, including talk about some other shows that went down this weekend between IWTV and YouTube. And also, we're going to preview the Circle Six show coming up this Saturday in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, all that and more. But during the break, if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to see the information for the ODPH podcast. And if you're watching on Twitch and listening at home, you will hear the theme for the ODPH podcast. Two-week notice by our good friend Shout at the Robots. And uh, we'll be talking more wrestling when we come back from... The break.
And we're back from the break. A little extended break there. Catch a bearings. Get ready because we got a lot more pro wrestling to talk about. And just to throw it out there, this uh, segment of the show is brought to you by independentwrestling.tv. For all your uh, independent wrestling needs, go to IWTV. They've got a little sum for everybody. You hear us talk about them all the time. And uh, every week there's something new on there. This past weekend they had seven, count them, seven major events. Last week we kind of did a rundown. We are not going to talk about all seven events. Not that I did not watch most of them because I did. And not because there wasn't, but in the fairness of time. We're not going to run down all of them. I'm just going to, I just picked the one that I wanted to talk about the most. Mm. And also because there was some outside reasons also to talk about this show as well. Uh, but with that being said, IWTV, sign up, promo code ABSOLUTE at checkout to get a special prize. There you go. So with that being said, thank you to IWTV for doing all that you do. So this past weekend, uh, Beyond Wrestling made us return to IWTV on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And that wasn't the big news, though. There's a lot of things going on with Beyond Wrestling outside. And we're going to talk about the event in a minute because the event had some really good stuff that I do want to talk about. However, there's been some, I don't want to say controversy because controversy sounds too harsh. Right. But the owner and promoter of Beyond Wrestling, Drew Cordero, has really been doing some interesting things lately. And I'm not saying this is shit on the guy. Mm-hmm. And if he's listening, I don't, I don't mean it to be disrespectful. But there's a lot of just questionable things that I feel like he's doing. And one of them is he's been on Twitter recently, whether under his own name or the Beyond account, making some pretty weird statements, mostly about wrestlers not tweeting about the events, which I get that they should do. But if you don't put that in your contracts, that is what it is. Right. And some other things. But the weirdest came out the day before his wrestling show. So I am looking at this. This is this is interesting. Somebody had put out this thing about yo, why the actual fuck is no one talking about this late? This motherfucking let's motherfucking go. And it was a fan waiting for Anthony Green to come out to Blue Heaven. She ran from her seat in the front row to over by the ring entrance, and doesn't get in the way, not hurting anybody. The camera guy's still there, and cheers on Anthony Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed you the video. The video is online. You can yeah. find it. It's 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 very tame in my opinion and in my estimation but the beyond account which is ran by the promoter drew cordero put out this statement on twitter after they quote tweeted and put out this for the record we do not condone this type of behavior at our shows have fun and express yourself but please be mindful of the other fans there who are also trying to have a good time as well as the wrestlers who risk life and limb every time they step through the curtain well anthony green quote tweeted that and said screaming for your favorite wrestler isn't condoned question mark if you're not hurting anyone and you're having a good time dot 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 this is a hundred percent acceptable as a matter of fact i expect more people to react this way when the opening riff of heaven is a place on earth hits exclamation point to which beyond quote tweeted that and said screaming for your favorite wrestler is absolutely condoned that's not all that is happening in this video however we proudly allow our fans a lot more access than other wrestling events but those not competing should stay clear of the that area especially during entrances here's a fun fact for you during beyond shows the fans are allowed to lean lean on the fucking ring while matches are happening in the ring. Mm -hmm. They do not have barricades, and they lean on the ring. If you go back and you watch uh, Beyond Show that we're going to talk about in a minute, the fans are leaning on the ring apron while the, 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 the matches are going on. 
that's allowed, but not coming to the walkway. And she wasn't in front of the entranceway. She just she was on the side. Was on the side. Maybe the the older ladies in front, right there, were pissed off about it. But oh well, they just sitting in their chairs doing nothing. I'm sorry. As a former booker and promoter, I don't see the problem in this. I just think Drew Cardero's a big piece of shit, and that's personal shot. And you can say what he fucking wants, but John Carlo, one of the partners mm. over at Game Changer Wrestling even commented and said, I think somebody needs to take the Beyond account away from Drew Cordero before he kills the business. This is such an odd take. I've seen the video a couple times now, and she ran to the side. She wasn't in the way. She was an excited fan. Anthony Green came out, gave her a high five. Yeah. So where was the issue unless you're in front of somebody for a brief, what, 30 she wasn't seconds? really in front. She was next to the person. Right, but she was okay. But not. not no, even, I'm, but I'm, like I'm, a, I'm. I'm agreeing. With yeah, you, but though. yeah, but in front of the crowd. Like I'm just saying. Like it was only like a brief moment, like seconds of time. It wasn't like she camped out, stayed there the entire match, and was blocking somebody's view. It was a situation that we've seen at other shows, and maybe maybe we're a little spoiled. We've gone to Game Changer or you've seen Game Changer Wrestling, and when Nick Gage comes out, how is he swarmed? What, what about in the days when Atkins Kogar was there? He would get swarmed. I mean, tunnel, granted, tunnel of middle fingers. Yeah, tunnel of middle fingers. Uh, AJ Gray. Well, the, the whole point is that that happens a lot in Game Changer Wrestling, and that's fine. That's the atmosphere. There's part of me that feels like that is why he made the thing. The true Cordero is upset, like a lot of promoters are. We had one in here even. <laughs> mm. Is upset about the success of Game Changer Wrestling. True. So they don't want to be compared because they know that they can't do what Game Changer Wrestling is doing better. And that's not a shot on Beyond. It's just facts right now. Game Changer Wrestling is making the most money and traveling the most ground. In independent wrestling, Beyond Wrestling has been around since 2009. I remember when that company was formed. I was still in the wrestling business when that company was formed. I know a lot of people who have worked for that company. Mm. But they're out of the Rhode Island, Massachusetts area. So it is what it is, guys. Yeah. I, I just don't understand his logic. And lately, it's just been a shit take. And that's why, I, like I said, as far as a human being, I have no problem with Drew Cordero. But maybe he should shut the fuck up. Facts. Like, honestly, I mean, that's yeah, why no. I'm like, fuck him, because this is a shit take and, it, and it's an even shittier take of uh, when you add it to all the other stupid things he's tweeting lately. And it takes away from the wrestling show. And I'm, I'm going to add that we're going to cover the show because there's a couple matches on here that I really liked. However, it was kind of a lackluster show at parts. Yeah, you were. So how about we fucking work on the content and, and not that? And you know me, I don't like to shit on shows and I'm not here to shit on it. That's why there's enough matches that I wanted to cover. Mm -hmm. But I was excited for this card. And I'll tell you why when we get going to the list. And there was parts of it that weren't entertaining because we're more worried about fans coming over to interact with wrestlers. Come on, guy. Not to mention, you can't give me this bullshit about fans being in areas when your fans lean on the ring during matches yeah. it's one thing to come up when there's a break in a match and bang on the ring i'm all right i mean i'm not 100 percent okay with it but i'm saying it happens it even happens in gcw yeah. and that's fine but during a match there was literally fans like double armed on the ring just leaving it there and while guys are running ropes and i don't see that that's 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 way m less safe for the wrestler and the fan than a fan going over to an entranceway and high-fiving a wrestler no, you're absolutely right. So, like, why is this even uh, an issue? Like, that's such a bad take, in my opinion. That's a horrible take. Yeah. Uh, he should worry about attendance and content and stop worrying about stupid shit. And maybe the things would get better. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's, you know, he's one of those guys. And, of course, he's probably real butthurt now because we now found out today that on June the 19th, the day after they're at the Melrose Ballroom in New York City, Game Changer Wrestling makes their debut in Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. 
right in Beyond's backyard. Just like they went to Columbus, Ohio, right in the backyard of AIW. They're putting people on notice that we'll come to your backyard, we'll come to places you said won't sell, and we'll fucking sell them out. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. And it's proof is in the pudding because they continue to do it. But it shouldn't be a war because you should be happy with the world that you've created for yourself and not competing with other people, especially people you can't compete with. Bottom line. It's facts. Shit. I don't know how we... You know, PWG isn't worried about fucking Game Changer Wrestling Wrestling in LA because that's their niche and they fucking work there and they don't care. They just work on their base and do what they do. Plus, Super Dragon's a fucking weird motherfucker. <laughs> but I love them. You gotta start streaming those shows. I wish they would. I'd watch more of them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Beyond Show. Beyond Wrestling presented Inertia from the Providence, Rhode Island at the FET Music Hall. They did not say where Game Changer Wrestling is going to be wrestling in, in Providence, but it could possibly be FET Music. Uh, that was this past Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, first up, we had a dark match that we did not get to see, even on, uh, and it was uh, Channing Thomas with Sidney Baklabala in his corner, defeated Love Doug. I love Love Doug, by the way. All right. Love Doug is very entertaining. Uh, next up, in a tag match to start the evening, we had Waves and Curls, who are making big waves in 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 the Northeast, plus mostly in beyond. Uh, Jalen Braden and Trayvon Jordan, they defeated above the rest Gabriel Sky and Tristan Tide, 7 minutes, 32 seconds. Next up, we had Ray Jazz with Tony Vincetta in his corner, defeating Anthony Green in 7 minutes and 4 seconds. A lot of jobs going down for Anthony Green. Uh, hot sauce Tracy Williams defeated Lufisto seven minutes and eight seconds. I also dug this match. Okay. Legendary Lufisto, mm-hmm. legendary uh, Tracy Williams. I mean, he's still in his prime, but I would say he's legendary because he's fucking awesome. Next up, uh, a person who I know very well and have had the pleasure of working with him many times, Teddy Goods, fresh off his appearance on SmackDown. Yes. Uh, defeated uh, Crowbar, the legendary Crowbar. 16 minutes, 21 seconds. Crowbar still has it. I'm just going to throw it out there. And Teddy Goods is always a good watch. Yeah, he always is. Next up is one of the matches that we all were tuning in for, and Atticus Coger got his hands on smart Mark Sterling. This match went 7 minutes and 48 seconds, and yes, Mark Sterling got the skewers. I'm all here for that. (laughs) By the way, we were all waiting for it. Don't don't let it lie. We were all fucking waiting for it. Next up, and this was the uh, last match. I do believe this was the last match of the first half of the show, because and it was uh, Biff Busick defeating Dirty Dango in a no DQ match, ten minutes and eight seconds. Really good match. Dirty Dango doing some great work, and we know he's going to be hanging him up. Allegedly. He's doing some great work right now. Yes. After the break, this is where it kind of got a little whatever for me. It was after the break. They had a demolition derby match. Okay. It was a four way. Three-man tag team match. So 12 people? So 12 people. And it was a clusterfuck in a way, not because of elimination, but it was a little clusterfuck in the way that there was, it was tornado style. That's a lot of people in the Action happening everywhere. By the way, the team of the Miracle Ones, Dustin Waller, Ichiban, and Kylan Kylan King defeated the Brick and Mortar, which was Jay Cruz, Motor and Victor Chase and H2O team of Austin Luke, Marcus Mathers, and Reed Walker. By the way, Austin Luke and Marcus Mathers have that feud going on at H2O, but somehow they're partners here. That's because they don't give a shit what's happening somewhere else. And then last but not least, the Circus Ninjas, Jay Lyon, Midas Black, and Nolo Katano. 13 minutes, 5 seconds. It went on a long time, and it was just like... There was fucking shit happening everywhere. It was weird. That's a lot for a tornado-style match. Like, I'm sorry. Like, to keep track of that many people going all over the place in the rain, like... 
Me and the kid yeah. were both like, what the fuck? Yeah. But a- the next match was great because we had Bear Country, Bear Boulder, and Bear Bronson defeat Faith in Nothing, RSP, and Vincent Nothing, 17 minutes, 38 seconds, and Bear Country turned heel as Smart Mark Sterling helped them defeat Faith in Nothing. Interesting. Which got a 4-4-0 chant from the crowd. Atticus Coger with the save. Uh, neither of the Bears or uh, Smart Mark wanted anything to do with the skewers in his hand. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Next up, we had what they deemed as the franchise. Was it the franchise or the future match, whatever it was? The OGs, the, the, the Prize City OG, Alec Price, defeated Willow Nightingale 14 minutes, 18 seconds. Oh, At the end, Becca made her return from her injury because she is the girlfriend of Alec Price. Okay. And ran him down because he was touching another woman. Reasons. Reasons. It wasn't good. Match was great, by the way. Okay. The post match was not good. Sounds it. And then last but not least, in a 10,000 thumbtacks death match, Slade defeated the debuting Akira 12 minutes and one second. Okay. So, I mean, it was overall decent show. Uh, I just, there was some things that I'm like, why the fuck did you do that? The tornado. And then on Ugh. top of that, it was just like, eh, we're focusing too much on other things. So, Drew Cardera, if you hear this, if you got offended, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. And uh, try working on your shit before you're worried about other people's shit. And if I get a message in my inbox, I can tell you to go fuck yourself in public, too. <laughs> nice part. I never liked him. He's a real fucking piece of work. Anyways, Glory Pro. Yes. That was what was going down at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. I wish I would have tuned into the show live. I did watch the show after the fact, and it was for free on the Glory Pro YouTube channel. By the way, lots of stuff on the Glory Pro YouTube channel, so go to Gro- it's Glory Pro Live. Search Glory Pro Live. Subscribe. You can watch this show and many others. It was taking place at the historic the pageant Mm -hmm. so the pageant in st louis missouri it's a historic venue and they had one hell of a fight uh there was a dark six-man tag team match uh the team of atm frodo the ghost and sean logan defeated donnell benjamin mason st goods and ryu kendrick so but i'm assuming it's students match yes of course uh the head trainer for the glory pro school if i'm not mistaken is davy richards yes so next up in the first match of the evening, we had the Battle of the Ethans as Ethan Page defeated Ethan Price. Great match. Next up, we had a three-way match where Dante Martin defeated Kenny Alfonso and Cody Lane. This is the only match I missed on the card, but I heard nothing but good things about this one. Next up, we had a United Glory Tag Team title, no disqualification, Tornado Tag Team match. The Hustle and the Muscle, Kareem and Xavier Walker... Your cha- where your champions defeated Technical Difficulties, Moses the Deliverer, and Raheem De La Suede. Very fun match. Next up for the Midwest Territory title match, Tootie Lynn defeated Ali Catch. This was an excellent match from bell to bell. Definitely got to put them both over about this one. Next up, we had Camaro Jackson defeat Rohit Raju. This was a very, very entertaining match. Like, I mean, we've been seeing Raju from um, Impact, Impact Wrestling. Yep. And definitely came into Glory Pro here, did his thing. This was just fun from bell to bell. By the way, Super B said, if you get offended, I don't give a fuck, fuck you. Yes, that is a quote that you can quote me on. Yes. (laughs) Anytime. Uh, Next up, we have a four-way match. Effie defeated AJ Gray and Laney Luck and Matt Nix with Chris Castro in his corner. So Daddy gets the victory. AJ Gray finally made a show, so at least he got paid from one show. Thankfully, after all his troubles that weekend. Mm -hmm. And I'm always a fan. 
of Purple Rain himself, Matt Nix. Yeah, this was a great match. I enjoyed everybody in this. They definitely had their spots moments too, but of course, Daddy doing his thing. Also, if you want to check out more of Matt Nix, Matt Nix is the promoter and owner of Freelance Wrestling. Oh. You can watch them on IWTV, and I love me some freelance. They had a big event go down this weekend, and uh, I was a big fan of that event as well. I did not know that. You know, their champion is a good friend of mine, the ego Robert Anthony. Ah. And uh, so I always love tuning in and supporting him, and I love freelance. So check those guys out. They had a bit. Also, H2O had two big shows this weekend. Although Kennedy Copeland as a heel that nobody was booing was kind of weird. Yeah. They weren't cheering for her either. They just were nothing. It was weird. Another story for another day. Next up, we had a tag team match. The Intergalactic Mega Powers, Dan Housen and Dan the Dad, with Ed Herman, defeated Grindhouse, Davey Vega, and Matt Fitchett with... Uh, Tony Patricio in their corner. This was just fun. Well, how is it not going to be fun? I, I know. Stan Housen and Dan the Dad. Yeah, but seeing them come out in the matching yellow and red shirts, it was incredible. And just, this is what you got when you paid for. Like I said, I had no issues with this match, top to bottom. Neither did I. In a singles match, the King Minoru Suzuki defeated Jake something. I was so excited about this match, and it delivered on all fronts. The spirit test they were even having to a little bit. Whoo! But... Suzuki doing Suzuki things. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening for the Crown of Glory title, Mike Outlaw defeats Davey Richards in a banger. That was an excellent main event. A little uh, post-match setting up a few there with uh, Outlaw turning on Davey Richards after he put him over and was really putting Glory Pro on the map there. I mean, it was a great match, great card all around. Definitely even want to shout out Reed uh, Toothy who was on commentary, who was doing his Joey Styles on there. He was a one-man show. Definitely want to put it over. I know that we I tweeted about this as well, but we always say it's so much an emphasis about getting commentators on there. They're very passionate, very into the cards, trying to put themselves out, not, not themselves over, but the actual wrestlers over. He did such a phenomenal job. Like I say, if you're not following him, you definitely got to do that. And uh, even uh, Ethan Page chimed in and said what an amazing job he did too as well. So definitely want to say production-wise, top to bottom, if you're not checking out Glory Pro, definitely make sure you take the time to go follow them on all socials. Right, right away. And once again, they have a lot of, most of their events, if not all their events, are on YouTube. Check out Glory Pro Live. Make sure you subscribe. Great shows, great events. You will not be disappointed. Also, while you're at it, we mentioned it earlier because this upcoming sun, Saturday, JCW, or Sunday, sorry, JCW will be back at noon Eastern. Game Changer Wrestling Try make sure you're subscribed to their YouTube channel because they give out all the JCW and LA fights programs for free. Plus there's match of the weeks and so much more. So you want to make sure you're there. And of course, once again, our friends over at independentwrestling.tv. Mm-hmm. You can find some great action, even though I'm not happy with Drew Cordero and what Beyond is doing because they used to be such a good promotion. And now I kind of feel like they're falling on their asses a little bit. Yeah. And it's probably because of some nonsense and bullshit. It is what it is. That's my feelings. Those are how I feel. If, if people don't agree, they don't. But that's how I feel. But you could also watch some great things. Like I said, H2O, if you're looking for a little bit more of the hardcore stuff, they were on this past weekend. They always put on a great show. They've got a bunch of shows lined up. AIW did a huge show this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big fan of that show. Definitely check them out. And of course, I mentioned already, Freelance also did a show. There were seven live shows this weekend on IWTV that you could catch. And all the replays are up now. A little something for everybody. Freelance is more of a regular kind of if you like the just regular indie wrestling freelance is your place aiw is your place also for good indie wrestling indie style wrestling h2o has good indie wrestling but it also has some of those death matches and hardcore matches that make it a little more edgy so there's so much there's so much stuff you can find on independentwrestling.tv and it's a great Facts. price 9.99 a month and you get so many great promotions and of course get in now because gcw will be running the eight card settlement series so mm-hmm. eight 
exclusive shows in the next year will be going to IWTV. So if you're already signed up, you'll already be able to get to see those eight GCW shows on IWTV. Those will be in correspondence with the regular pay-per-views on Fight.TV. Not to be confused with this weekend on Fight TV. Yes. We're going to end the mid-card, though, previewing a show that we are both super excited Hell for. Hell yes. Of course, that show is going down this Saturday from the Masonic Temple in Cleveland, Ohio. And for once in Cleveland, it is not AIW. No. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second Circle Six show entitled Terrible Lie. And I love how they did all the graphics to the Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. Terrible Lie album covers. That yes. was fucking great. Uh, they do a lot of cool stuff over here in Circle Six. So the way to watch this, guys, listen to me close because it's, it's, it's a little tricky. It is, but it isn't. They are not on fight. They are not on IWTV. They are not giving this one away for free. Well, they got banned from Twitch. Yep. But they're not giving it away for free on Twitch, and they're not giving it away for free on YouTube. If you do go to the Circle 6 YouTube channel, the first event skewered is up. You can watch the first event skewered. I don't know if this one will ever end up there. Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. Don't know what they plan for the future. All I do know is that you can go to circle6.co, not com, circle6, C-I-R-C-L-E, the number six dot co and you can order this event off of circle six dot co uh i right now yes ken m just put it in the chat so you guys have it so that is where you get the circle six show and you can stream it right from their website hopefully it goes well thumbs up hopefully we will be ordering it as well so keep your eyes peeled are you ready to talk about their cleveland debut which is the hometown of 440 most of the members of 440 mm-hmm. including atticus goger I can't wait to talk about this card. All right, here we go. Terrible lie. We've got Schlack versus Puff. Oh, shit. By the way, this is listed as a singles match. And in uh, Circle Six, not all matches, all matches, if they're not listed with rules, mean that they're a regular singles match. Yes, that's an interesting thing they're doing. They have rules. As a matter of fact, they haven't, and none of these matches have fully been announced yet if they're going to be any kind of specialty matches. Right. Yet. Yet. Keywords, yeah, because I think some of them will be. Next up, this is a match that'll be great anywhere, anytime. Rocky Romero goes one-on-one with Jake Chris. I can't wait to see this one. I can't either. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Cleveland, Ohio natives that we think about, Jake Chris is a Dayton, Ohio, so Ohio guy. Another one you think about when you think Cleveland, Mad M-Dog, 420, mm. better known as Matt Cross. Yes. And he's going to go one-on-one with another Cleveland legend. Vincent, nothing. This is going to be a really cool match. I think this is going to be a great match. And these are two guys who have probably met each other in the ring easily a hundred times. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Next up, we have one of them. Uh, next up, we have uh, 440 in a match. As we have Jacob Fatu and his brother Journey Fatu mm-hmm. taking on the 440 team of the Young Guns. Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan. I love the build for this match. The promos that Jacob did was incredible, and I'm super excited. I won't be be surprised if this doesn't switch over to a no DQ match. Oh, it's got to. There's no way this is going to be a normal match. Next up is a match that a lot of people are talking about. RSP goes one-on-one with Killer Cross with Scarlett Bardot in his corner. Early match of the weekend for me. I cannot freaking wait to see this one. You got to remember, Atticus Kogar said, hey, it'd be a shame if she ends up with skewers in her head. I know. I hey. So it looks like 440 hey. and Atticus Kogar might have their hey. set. I set on skewering Scarlet. How's Killer Cross going to feel about that one? Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly. 
I just, yeah. And in a great match, this should be probably the main event because it is Atticus's company. We're going to get Atticus Coger one-on-one with Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Some fans out there were like, oh, this is why I wanted to bring it up. We're like, oh, Tracy Williams doing a death match? He doesn't do death matches. And Atticus reminded them that no, not every match in Circle Six is a death match. This will just be a regular wrestling match. Hot Sauce Tracy Williams is not doing a death match against Atticus. Him and Atticus are going one-on-one with a wrestling match. So Atticus is showing his wings, if you will. Well, I was going to say, because Atticus can wrestle a normal style match. He's done it before. I've seen it a few times. But he prefers, you know, he's always in a death match. That's what we know him best for. But he can definitely go. And this should be a real test of his skills to see how he can match up with it. I'm, a, I'm really excited about this one. I agree with you. I agree with you. This is going to be a decent. I should, I think overall this is going to be a great card. I'm, I'm expecting to add probably another one to three matches. Because we got two, four, six listed. So they're going to be at least at eight. Yeah. So and maybe even nine. But I would say eight. There's still some people that I think that will be uh, on this show. I mean, I didn't see a place for Gregory Iron yet. Although he might just be managing four four zero, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally anticipate at least another two matches added to this card before this Saturday. You imagine Johnny Gargano walks out? I don't think it's going to happen. It could happen. Yeah, I know. Like I said, but just you think about who's you know synonymous with Ohio and who could come out there. Yeah, I think if Johnny Gargano was going to come back and make a debut in Ohio, it would be for AIW. Yeah, I don't think. True point. I don't think he's going to go into Circle Six. Especially when there's some feelings mm-hmm. between uh, AIW and Circle Six. And hence why there's a little bit of controversy with this show. But we don't dive into shit like that. We're just going to keep it pushing because we got, that's it for the mid-card. We're going to come back with the main event. When we come back in the main event, we are going to talk about what a lot of people out there are talking about. Of course, that is the New Japan AEW joint mat or joint pay-per-view sorry yep coming in june to the united center in chicago illinois june 26th that's correct uh we'll be talking about that plus i'll be uh, dropping some more of my jewels for people with that being said we're gonna take this final break if you're watching on twitch.tv you are going to see the the information for the three founders podcast you're also if you're listening or watching you are going to hear once again shot at the robots but this time the theme for the Three Fighters podcast. The song is called Fail Better. Support them everywhere. You get great music. We'll be right back with the main event of the show.
Time to rumble. It is time for the main event of 607TWS. And of course, what else can we talk about this week? We got to talk about it. The biggest news of the wrestling week has been the announced joint show, The Forbidden Door, put on by All Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling on Sunday, June 26th, live on pay-per-view from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, adding another pay-per-view for AEW, ironically enough, kind of, in a way. Yeah, we'll put an asterisk by it. Well, it's because it's, it's mutual. It's, it's a joint, joint one. But anyways, this announcement came down this past weekend as the big announcement Tony Khan had been touting about. And I got to be honest with you. Before we dive into this, I think this is great. So let me start there. But I do have to say, I am starting to get a fucking giant announcement and surprise fatigue. And the fucking weird part about this one is that New Japan had already leaked that this was happening. Mm -hmm. Not the title of it and the date, but they leaked that they were going to be doing a joint show in the U.S. on Friday, if you pay attention to NJPW 1972, the the previous Friday, not this Yeah, yeah. We had heard about it, and we had talked about it last week, as a matter of fact. When we talked about the show, we said, oh, they're going to be doing a show together. Mm -hmm. So that's how I know that it was already out in the world before this announcement was made last Wednesday. Yeah. So... I just like it's there's just something about big announcement fatigue and this was a big announcement don't don't take it away i, I love this announcement we're going to talk about it i'm going to break some things down i'm going to say some things about dumb shit that's been said on the fucking internet mm-hmm. don't worry we're going to get there but i just wanted to say i don't know about you but there's there's a point in time where surprise and big announcement fatigue has to set in and i think i'm there just because this is cool but because you did it so much i'm just like eh not every announcement has to be a major announcement. You lose the luster of it. If everything just appears to be all like, check me out, check me out, look at me, and yet you fail to deliver, people start getting very tired of it. And not to say that this isn't a major announcement. It, no, this- it, 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 it completely is. But when we go off new debut, new debut, new debut, you have to really kind of pump the brakes and re-strategize a little bit so, to get the most you know, impact out of this. And I think that that's something that Tony's really failing with right now, in my opinion. I really think instead of doing some of these surprises, which gave people, like, mind you, this is this is this is actually the quality of a big surprise or announcement. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is fine. Yeah. But the fact that last week we had Satnam Singh come out, and then you know the previous weeks we had Samoa Joe, and we had you Tony know Storm. Tony Storm, and we had so it's almost like every week there's a dynamite. We have either a new person or some kind of announcement made. You know, and and I guess that's fine, but that that gimmick is getting old, and it's not drumming in any casual eyes. And I understand AEW fans are now claiming there's no such thing as a casual wrestling fan, but that's a lie. Yeah, we're not even. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. It's just a lie, and we're not going to go into it because it's just too dumb for me to even fucking Uh wrap my head around. But I will say this: like this, uh, this event is a major event, and I can only imagine if we didn't have all these other surprises, how big this truly would have been talked about. Oh yeah, amongst more people than it was talked about. Because I feel like that's why I, I'm saying that a lot of people are having fatigue. But with that being said, let's focus on what's at hand. Sure. And what's at hand is a very big announcement. What's at hand is a very big deal because it has been a long time mm-hmm. since a major wrestling promotion. I'm not counting fucking Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because Ring of Honor and New Japan did the the the, 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 the Madison Square Garden a few years ago. 
I'm talking about a major wrestling promotion has done a cross promotion, the major United States promotion has done a cross promotion with New Japan in a big bad way. Mm-hmm. I think the last time was WCW. Yes. So this is a big deal. And we're going to get into a lot of this, but right up front, as a wrestling fan, as a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and as, for better or for worse, a fan of all elite wrestling, I'm very stoked about this and all the possibilities. How are you feeling just on the surface of this announcement? On the surface, I am amped about this. I think that you can have a lot of dream match possibilities now come to fruition, but I am very skeptical, though. And what I mean by this, and I kind of wrote about this in Blogs Count Anywhere, I feel that this has the potential to be high-risk, high-reward because if they do this right, this could be something that could help both companies, even more so, I think, for New Japan Pro Wrestling to really capture an American audience and really grow upon that momentum and kind of roll from there. But I feel if they go the way they did with Impact Wrestling about this, it's going to falter completely out of control and it's going to end very badly. Well, I want to put that to bed right away. This will not end up like Impact. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you why. New Japan won't let that happen. Yeah, that's one. New Japan won't bring stars over to do jobs to AEW guys. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You're not. If Okada is not booked over, he ain't coming. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw that out right away. No, right I agree with you. Like, that's... If you don't see Okada on the card, that's because they wanted him to lose. And there's no way New Japan will let Okada, the reigning New Japan pro wrestling world champion, the IWGP world's heavyweight champion, lose the belt. Mm-hmm. Or be pinned by somebody else. Super Beast says, serious question. Who are the who are the ladies of AEW going to work at Forbidden Door? Uh, nobody, because they, New Japan does not have a female division unless they have just an AEW women's match. Uh, New Japan is only a, a men's division. Uh, they do do some work with Stardom. I was going to say maybe Stardom, but... Uh, they might do a cross-promotion where Stardom comes as well to do like a, like a six-woman Josie match or something. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, I don't. I honestly don't think that it's going to be. And that's one of the ones things that I saw a lot of people upset about. You know, people are legitimately upset about the mm-hmm. women not being on the show. I understand, but there's an extent where I think that that was a shot that was taken by a lot of trolls. Uh, we saw a couple of them that posted yeah. about it, and I just kind of was like, "It's a bad. It's a take." And if once again, it's one of those situations like I explained last week, where if you're truly offended by something, then I, I you know, I, I'm with you. You know, that's mm-hmm. cool if that's how you feel. I just don't think that this is the time. This is a this is a show that's being co-promoted between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. It is not an AEW complete show. So if the women of AEW aren't involved with the show because it's a New Japan show, because let's be honest, let's call it what it is. It's a New Japan show at the United Center. Mm-hmm. The AEW is just going to be blessed to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is going to do wonders for a and and, and and New Japan knows this. This is going to do wonders for New Japan getting more of a foothold in the United States. They got a little more of a foothold when they went to Madison Square Garden. This, working with AEW, who's a far bigger company, is going to give them another foothold. Back in the day, when they worked with WCW in Japan, Mm -hmm. they actually got a really big following in the United States as well back then, which is impressive, especially back then, because mostly tape trading. Yeah. But... That is how they kind of have gotten their names out over the years is using other promotions and using a co-promotional base to kind of get into the American market because New Japan has always wanted to be in the American market. And it's easier for them now that they have NJPW strong. Mm-hmm. And once again, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling. I hope they do work the women in somehow, whether it's a stardom match, whether it's some kind of, you know, even if it's just an AEW match, that would be cool. But I kind of get if they don't as well. I mean, it's, it's not a hill that I'm necessarily willing to die on. But that's just me. And once again, let's be honest, the women's division in AEW is an afterthought to begin with. 
Like, let's call it what it is. Yeah. Like, nobody, nobody's clamoring for the women's division of AEW, which is really sad. It is sad. But, but it's always been an afterthought in that company. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that for many, many months. So I, I don't think Tony Khan even thought fucking twice about it. Yeah, unless, there, unless something gets worked out. With, like I say, when we start hearing about some matches, maybe they'll throw something together with Stardom. That was the only thing I was thinking. Maybe They, they might, could. especially since there was some internet backlash. Yeah. Tony Khan is good about trying to approach the internet backlash. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a six-way Stardom versus AEW match. Or, you know, I don't think you'll see a title match because I don't think that would make sense. No, you're not going to see. I don't think you're going to see any titles defended because I think the whole point of this show is AEW versus New Japan. Mm -hmm. If they don't do AEW versus New Japan, I'm kind of upset about it. And by that, what I mean is I don't necessarily need to see title matches. What they should do is they should treat it like what WWE treated the Survivor Series as a little bit, where you have the AEW champion go one on one with the IWGP World Champion, Mm -hmm. where the IWGP. Uh, or the sorry, the never open weight champion goes against the TNT champion. Mm-hmm. Where if you do bring Stardom in, I would like to see like a tag match because then you could do the the TBS champion and the AW Women's champion, which would be interesting to see them tag together. Yes, take on the Stardom tag champions or the Stardom champion with another opponent, whatever. You know, maybe do a strange bedfellows match where it's the Stardom champion and her number one contender. Yeah, you could do some real interesting booking with that. So I think you could get some really cool stuff if they do do that. So I would like to see that tag team. The tag champs against the tag champs. The heavyweight tag champs against the heavyweight tag champs. You could even do the Young Bucks in the junior heavyweight role against the junior heavyweight tag champs over there because there's no junior heavyweight titles in in, uh, New Japan. But here's the thing. Even if you don't do that, I'm more interested in the dream matches. Mm -hmm. I want to see an AEW versus NJPW setup. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see... Hangman Page defending his title against CM Punk in Chicago, and no. I fear that could happen. No, I, I don't see. I, I, I do have those fears too, but I think they're honestly going to do the matchup versus matchup. They have to because if they do anything else, it's, it's not the forbidden door. I mean, that's the whole thing. The whole point of them trying to sell that narrative to the fans, is right? Like, but we're talking Chicago. I know. I know. Can Tony Khan help himself and not put the the, the AEW title on Punk in Chicago? Oh, I understand, but that's why I say I think they're going to hold off for that until All Out or All In or whatever the, the new Although name is going to be. Although if they're smart, by the way, if this is what they if I'm Tony Khan and I'm booking this show, I book Page versus Punk at Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. I have Page drop the belt to Punk, and then I pitch Punk versus Okada. Hey. Although Kenta would have a problem with that because Kenta wants a piece of Punk's ass. I was, was going to say, <laughs> there, there's two matches I want to see them do here. I want to see, obviously, Punk versus Kenta. And, and obviously, since New York Comic Con, it was mentioned, Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. I know. Not a lot of people are talking about it. Everybody's talking about, like, ZSJ versus Danielson, uh, Danielson or ZSJ versus Mox. I'm like, you know what? Fucking at New York Comic Con, we were there with a very serious breaking character. Broke character. Orange Cassidy said, give me Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, as a fan, fuck yeah, let's do it. And if I'm if, if you do that, I'm, I'm good with Orange not being in character. Yeah. I'm good with Orange going, yeah, we're just going to go out and wrestle. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think I'm a good fan of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think, I think that every match should be a New Japan guy versus an AEW guy. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily in a competition where you're like, oh, we're keeping score or anything like no, that. No, just do it just, for the fans. I just want to see, you know, we, let's see the matchups. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see an Ishii versus like a Moxley or, you know, somebody like to that extent or a Wardlow. That'd be a good way of pushing Wardlow. 
MJF says he has no interest in the show, by the way. I don't know if you saw that or <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, I did catch he that. He said, fuck your Forbidden Door show. <laughs> well, then again, he also said he hates New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I fully think he's going to skip out on this. I think the only, if we're going to do locks and leaps about this, I think the leap would be doing the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Orange Cassidy match. I think the lock is Kenny Omega will return in some capacity at this show. Maybe, maybe. Although, you know what, though? I got to be honest with you. I've seen all those matches in Japan. Right. I just think he walks out. Right, right. But I'm yeah. just saying, I've seen like Omega and Okada, mm-hmm. which I would still see again. Don't get me wrong. But I've seen Omega Okada. I've seen Omega and Tanahashi. I've seen Omega and Naito. I've seen Omega, you know. So it's like, not, not that anything against Kenny Omega, but I've seen those matches. So mm-hmm. they're not dream matches because they happen. And I mean, him and Okada already did possibly the greatest th- th- series of three matches of all time. Oh, yeah. Well, technically four when it was all said and done, but, mm. you know, whatever. No, the greatest series of all time. But it was a great series. Yeah. And, you know, Naito and him had some burners, too. Him and Tanahashi, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that match. But then again, I wasn't a fan of Tanahashi winning. What about Omega Osprey? It would be interesting, but I don't know. Does Omega take that match? See, I only think he just comes out. Like, he does a wave to the crowd or does something like that. Or they might tease maybe him and Okada down the road. I understand that we've seen it like we just talked about. But I wouldn't doubt that Tony wants to do that over here in the states. That'd be true. Yeah. That. I mean, Will Osprey's a good pick for Omega if you if Omega does wrestle on the show because mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at with his return. Right. I don't either. But I just figured. He's, and I mean, he's we're talking. This. We're talking two months. So I mean, he could be ready in two months. But I've I've heard different stories saying that he's still a little bit out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean. There's a lot of questions about this show. And I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to say that it's not a, a concern, but there is a question about the women's division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super B says, you guys think we will see Cesaro debut in AEW in coming months? Put him versus anyone in New Japan? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, my, my big answer to that is I have zero clue. Uh, I would love to see him against anybody in New Japan. But here's the thing. I could also see Cesaro taking a deal for New Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a viable option for somebody like Cesaro. And he could wrestle for strong mostly and then just go over to Japan, do like a couple weeks tours and come back for big events. So I could actually see him. I could see Cesaro at that show on the New Japan side is what I'm saying. Yeah, it could definitely happen. I Yeah, I mean, he's just somebody that you could see a lot of possibilities go for. I just don't have like a good feeling either way. Yeah, I really don't know what's going to go on with Cesaro. It's also a weird thing between him and Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Because Eddie Kingston seems on the internet to be shoot like not wanting Cesaro around. Yeah, I, it's a weird. I don't know if it's a work or not. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I fear asking. Yeah, I don't want to go down that because uh, I, I don't really need the tongue lashing from Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I really don't know what's there. He's just been very vocal on the interwebs about fuck Cesaro, and I don't think it's in the way of a storyline. Yeah, I don't which think, is weird. Yeah, I don't think they're kidding around about that one. Just a vibe. I don't know. I, I mean, Cesaro could end up in AEW. Let's be honest. Then again, it doesn't like Tony Khan gives a shit. He signs CM Punk and they have Cole <laughs> Command. I mean, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, whatever. But I don't know. I, I honestly, it's weird to me because Cesaro could have already signed somewhere. And he's just kind of out there in the ether. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll see him pop up on the indies. Like, he'll make the rounds either PWG or I PCW, really, so. I, I, honestly, if you ask me, I would prefer to see Cesaro go to New Japan. Yeah. And wrestle strong. In Russell in New Japan, it'd be good for strong. And here's the thing: 
This is where we're going to get back into this show for a second, because this is why this is important for New Japan. New Japan could take the opportunity on this show to showcase some of the people from NJPW Strong, which also work for New Japan. Mm-hmm. And you could really make an argument and run for people to want to see Strong, which would be super beneficial to all uh, to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. I don't know if that benefits all elite wrestling, but it would benefit, I think, honestly, this is a 70-30 this is a show that 70% benefits New Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. and 30% supports AEW. And here's why. Hear me out. And this is not a shot at AEW. I'm just saying, think about the upsides for New Japan. New Japan always wants to expand into the American market. They get to now wrestle at the United Center. Mm-hmm. They've done Madison Square Garden. Now they get to wrestle at the United Center. They do get to wrestle against one of the top, the second, you know, second biggest company in the United States. Sure. So you're at a big event, second biggest company in the United States. Pay-per-view. Lots of eyes on the product. That means you can use that time, because I'm assuming they're going to have time to plug their shit. You can use that time to talk about njpwworld.com. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of people uh, ordering on there, which is a good service. Also, you can spend a lot of time talking about NJ, NJPW Strong, which is a viable New Japan option here in the States that has some familiar faces for wrestling fans. Yes. Buddy Murphy wrestles there. Why, he's not calling himself Buddy Murphy Buddy Matthews. Anymore. Buddy Matthews now, yeah. But he wrestles there. Uh, the formerly known as Shane Thorne wrestles there. Legend of Slapjack. Legend of Slapjack, baby. He wrestles there. You know, so there's guys. Jonah wrestles there. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's guys on the strong, and there's more guys. I'm just saying, there's guys on the strong ticket that people have seen in World Wrestling Entertainment. So that makes them instantly familiar. Then on top of that, you add the fact that they bring over Will Osprey a lot. Jay White's there a lot. Uh, Juice Robinson and uh, Finley are there a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talented guys who are coming in and out. They're basing themselves out of strong and then just going to Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a match coming up soon for Shibata in strong. Yeah. Which is fucking huge. You know, Moxley comes through New Japan strong. So isn't Kingston. So, I mean, there's these big things that New Japan can do to put over strong and New Japan proper. And once you get into strong, if you're not into New Japan... You get into strong, you'll be into New Japan. Yeah, it's a gateway. It's a gateway in. It's smart. Mm-hmm. It's taking the best of Japanese wrestling, but mixing it with American wrestling. So it's an easier digestible thing for American wrestlers, wrestling fans to get into. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do is they they do their shows. We've watched plenty of their shows, yep. obviously. We keep our eyes strong. We're big fans. But what they do is they do their setup for their shows similar to New Japan style, which means there's a lot of tag matches and triple threat and six man tags. And then on top of that, you add in the, the, the featured bouts. So that's something that you can tune American fans into. AEW's tried that and it doesn't work as well. But they're also taking too much at once. Yeah. They're not selling all the way, if you will. And it's not against them. It's an American wrestling company. They have to do things differently. New Japan is not. Mm hmm. But this is a great opportunity for them to grow. Now, is this an opportunity for New J- or AEW to grow? I don't know. And here's why. I think anybody who's already watching New Japan that watches AEW is already watching both. I don't know if a New Japan wrestling fan is going to turn into AEW for the show. Maybe some will. But I don't know if that's going to be a big deal over in Japan. I think the only shot they have for AEW to grow this is casual wrestling fans. Not WWE Universe fans. But casual wrestling fans... They don't exist. We just got, we went over this earlier. Yeah. AEW fans are saying that they don't exist. Right. Okay. I, I got to just check my Kool-Aid here. Yeah. But the casual fans will tune in because it's an event. And that's the one thing. It's like the circus coming to town. You're like going to be overwhelmed with what you're going to see. Now, if AEW's smart, 
they put on the best show they can do here. And they kind of go away from the pay attention to me looks and really focus on having the best card they can. Because I feel if they do that, then they might have some growth and some carryover from that audience because some casuals are going to tune in for the first time and see AEW because a lot of them stay away because of the toxicity of the fan base. But this is going to be the showcase. Okay, this is an event. What's New Japan about? What's this about? I'm hearing so much about this. I'll tune in. That's the only chance I think they got. Agree. I just I just think it's going to overly benefit NJ, NJPW. Oh, yeah, that's they're fine. The, they're the bigger win though. That that's fine. I I think this is and as a wrestling fan, this is a win for me because I like both mm-hmm. and I'm going to enjoy it. So now let me put on my fantasy Booker hat. I talked about some things already, but I don't know if I want that to happen because I got some matches. So Kenta, I do want to see face CM Punk finally. <laughs> I need this, but. There is, could be an argument for Kenta versus Samoa Joe, which has happened in the past and is fucking phenomenal. Mm. However, I would prefer to see Samoa Joe go against Ishii. Well, I would say Ishii, but I think that could happen in in, in, in AEW proper. Okay. But I would like to see that. Or, obviously, we already saw him in Suzuki. Yeah. So that would be, I think Ishii is my pick. Although Evil could be a pick, too. Yeah, Evil would be a real smart pick for him. I think we should see Red Dragon take on the uh, the the team of El Phantasmo and uh, uh, Ishimori. Ooh, okay. So the Torture Club. Okay. I think we should see... I would love to see FTR versus the Gorillas of Destiny. That could happen. G O D F T R. That would be that would be my main event. Yeah, absolutely. And that needs to happen. G O D F T R. If they fuck that up and they put the Bucks versus G O D, which it's happened before in Japan, I will yeah. not be happy because I would prefer G O D versus F T R because I think that's the best way to go. I agree. Oh, oh, Snell, buy followers, primes, and viewers. Hey, um, I will. But I need to know your top five NJPW workers. Please and thank you. Top five New Japan workers. Give me that answer. Uh, Super B said F, yeah. So I'm assuming FTR versus G.O.D. is good with people. I think that should be the match. That, that should be the match. Uh, if Okada comes, it would be cool to see Okada versus... I think you have to do Super B versus O'Snell. I'll pay to see that. Um, I would... If Okada comes over, I would think if Hangman Page is your champion, you do Hangman Page. Now, if I, the only other person I could see in that spot that I would like to see would be Adam Cole. Yeah, that would make... Although Danielson versus Okada is interesting, too. It's an interesting dynamic, but I think Cole and, and Okada is the way to I'm go. I'm with you. My heart would be on, on, on Orange Cassidy versus ZSJ, but I really think that they're going to do Danielson versus ZSJ. I'll even throw this curveball out there. How about ZSJ versus Jonathan Gresham? I don't think they're going to do that. I can hope. Uh, you can, but I don't think AEW is going to show that much shine on the ROH in the moment that they want to show. Well, it depends because technically it's it's all elite. and then It is, you, but you, at the same point in juncture, why would you give up one of those spots to an ROH guy when you could give it to an AEW guy? Oh, no, true. But I'm going by Tony Khan logic. Yeah, that's true. And it's not a bad logic, by the way, because Gresham versus ZSJ would be good, but I've seen that match already. Uh, which is fine. I mean, I'd like to see it on a big stage again. I'd like to see Gresham versus pretty much anybody. Mm. I mean, there's too many matches to list. I really think ZSJ is going to get 
Danielson, though. I have a feeling that's going to happen. I'm not complaining about that match either because it'll be a, the fucking technical wizardry match. Yeah. Although you could argue you could do Danielson versus Punk versus Kenta. Ooh. <laughs> the battle of Ke- who stole Kenta's moves. <laughs> Get them both at the same time. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some big guys. I- I'd love to see Bad Luck Fowley. He's been a Shingo. Oh, I'd love to see Shingo. Shingo. If Oh, dude. All right. So if we're dream booking Shingo, I would say Shingo versus John Moxley. Okay. I think that match would be fucking insane. Those two would beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. I'll go a step further, and I don't think they're going to bring over everybody, obviously, but I would love to see Sonata versus Moxley as well. Ooh. I think that would be a solid match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naito, I think, has to be on the show, right? He's I would assume. Be. I mean, if you're bringing over the big guns, you got to bring over Naito. And if I'm, and I'm a huge Naito mark, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Naito, oh, let's fucking go. Naito versus Andrade. <laughs> the Battle oh, of Los Ingrenables. Or, or, huh, little curveball. How about Andrade tags with Naito? We get the real Los Ingrenables, and you take on a team of one New Japan guy and one AEW guy. I don't know who you put in that, but it doesn't fucking matter at that point. Or the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks versus Naito and Andrade. Andrade? Okay, I'm good with that. I could see that happening. I'd be a fan of that because you'd have Los Ingrenables. Yeah. Shingo, during, during, Shingo versus Mox, I think, would be sad. That's it. After I was thinking about it, that would be a fucking match. Yeah, that definitely is. So, like, if you're talking about, okay, so obviously we can't, I've dream booked a shit ton of matches, so we got to go realistic. Do you have anything you want to add in dream match-wise before we kind of try to break it down into a probably a digestible 10-match card? Wardlow, Jeff Cobb. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, Almost a mirror match. Yes. Or maybe that's the opponent for Los Ingrenables. Jeff Cobb and Wardlow as a team because you could do an AEW guy. Either way, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with, good it. with that. Because um, that would be an interesting concept, an AEW guy and a, and a New Japan guy. And it just works out that that would be the perfect matchup considering they were the originators of Los Ingrenables. The only person mission is Roosh. Yes. I'm trying to think who would be somebody for Suzuki that we haven't seen already. Does Suzuki make this trip since he's made so many? That's the other question. I would think you'd have to just, I mean. Maybe, maybe not, though, because he's coming back. He'll be coming back in May. So, or Sorry, his tour here ends in May. So he's got a couple more weeks, I think, here in the States doing some indies. So I don't know. I don't know if he comes right back over. I, I honestly, and there's nothing as Suzuki because you know mm, I love oh, yeah, absolutely, Suzuki. Absolutely, I just think we've seen him a lot. So I, I think if you're, if I had to sacrifice a spot, I would sacrifice a Suzuki spot. Okay. Although if you're gonna do it, do Suzuki versus Lance Archer, the mentor versus the student. Mm, Suzuki Goon mentor versus student match, or that's another one. You do Suzuki and Archer versus Los Ingrenables. So Naito and Andrade. I'm good with that. Because I feel like if you do that. I feel like that would be a cool concept match, an AEW guy and a New Japan guy, and I think that's the best storyline you have, mm-hmm. considering Los Ingrenables is such a, a commodity. And that's the originator. That I mean, the, the original three Los Ingrenables, the real Los Ingrenables from Mexico, was Andrade mm-hmm. uh, and Roosh and Naito. So, I mean, that would be like, that writes itself. I think the only other one I might go with is, uh, but I don't know what Juice Robinson's status is, because I know he was talking, I think, about hanging him up. 
Uh, Finjuice versus Jurassic Express. That would be an interesting match that I'd be interested in. Yeah. Now, if you're going to narrow it down to the 10 matches, and you got to remember, in the world, we're probably not going to get all the megastars. Mm-hmm. I think it's a success if we get... So, I think on the card, if New Japan is serious, and AEW is serious, I think you have to have Okada. Yeah. You have to have I Naito. think you have to have Naito. Tanahashi, possibly. I could argue Tanahashi, yes or no. Actually, I think you have to have Tanahashi. Yeah, he is the fucking to. ace. He's the ace. So you have to have Tanahashi. I would say that, uh, listen, book it now. If it doesn't happen, I'm pissed. G.O.D. versus F.T.R. should be a lock. Mm-hmm. Because I can't think of any other tag match. And mind you, there's some good matchups. But I don't think of any one of them is bigger than G.O.D. versus F.T.R. I think that's just take my money, shove more money at you, call it a day. Yes. By the way, I'm not sure if I get this for free or not in New Japan World. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I got to check the press release. I'm not... te- technically speaking, if it's showing on New Japan World, that means I get it for free. Well, not for free. I pay a monthly charge because they do all the other American pay-per-views on. But sometimes they black them out. I can check the press release. I see them after. after because I want to watch this live. I'll pay for this. I don't yeah. care. But it, listen, if I if I can just get it for my 999 yen that I pay. Oh, monthly, yeah, absolutely. I'm taking it because I already pay 999 yen. Uh, so I think that's a lock. Okay, so if I were to say a match that has to be a lock, and if it's not a lock, will piss me off, FTR versus G.O.D. Mm-hmm. That is a deal breaker. I agree. Kenta versus Punk has should be a fucking lock. ZSJ versus Danielson I think is going to happen. I think that's a lock, but I would love to see it as Orange Cassidy. But I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to go Danielson. But I would love to see. Love it. Some for... Ah, what if we do Bullet Club past Bullet Club present? What if we do the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and hear me out, Hangman Adam Page okay. versus Evil, uh, Ishimori, El Fantasmo, and Bad Luck Fallet. Ooh. So you do the two Bullet Club. Basically, you do Torture Club versus... Or, sorry, House of Torture. Yeah, House of Torture versus... Versus Elite. The Elite. So two Bullet Club factions, technically. Yeah. Because the only other thing you could do is put Adam Cole in that position. Yeah, you could... I mean, you could fill him in for Omega, but... Or no, or you fill him in for Hangman. But I think Hangman would be a fun addition. Hangman would be. Just that hasn't been a group for a while, but it'd be, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. It's an AEW versus NJPW show. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. I think so. Although, I'm kind of if he's still champion, I'm kind of set on Okada versus whoever the AEW champion is. It'd be the smart play to do. but I Because that would be a good main event, champion versus champion, no titles on the line. Yeah. You know Okada's going over. That's maybe a good reason to keep the belt on page. Just saying. Just because, you know, hey, hey. Especially in Chicago. Because, you know, Punk losing to Okada ain't going to make them fans happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Punk is willing to eat a Rainmaker. Yeah. Has Punk done, Punk's only done the job once, right? To MJF. Yep. Do you think he would J-O-B to Okada? I think if you book him in this situation, he has no choice. I don't think I don't think you have a choice going against Okada. I don't think I don't think New Japan will let Okada lose a match. There's no way he's going to get flown. If Okada is not, I'm going to say this other. If Okada 
Is Ibushi healthy as of right now? No. But that could that change in two months? Yes. If that changes, then there's the di- other dynamic. Then you do Los Ingrenables versus the Golden Lovers. Mm-hmm. If both of them are healthy, there's no reason not to do Golden Lovers versus Los Ingrenables. Los Ingrenables. That would be fucking awesome. Andrade yeah. and, and, and oh, oh, please let those two be healthy. Dude, Golden Lovers versus Los Ingrenables of Andrade and Naito. Ah, oh, filled the cup. That's almost... That is, that's on par with FTR versus G.O.D., in my opinion. Yeah. That match would be so sick. There's so many possibilities. This is one of the greatest things AEW has done today. I'll give Tony Khan that credit. There's so many possibilities, but I'm going to forewarn you. I'm going to be really fucking upset if it's just like a bunch of B characters from New Japan. Yeah. If this somehow becomes like... No big names from New Japan and just AEW winning all the matches. I'm going to be like, fuck. Yeah, it's going to be unhealthy on Twitter that day. Dude, I'll be done. I'll be fucking livid. (laughs) I'll I'll burn some bridges. I'll burn a lot of bridges. (laughs) I'll nuke some fucking bridges. I'll be fucking, I'll be giving out Tony Khan's home address to the fucking Fulham (laughs) fans. That's what I'll be doing. (laughs) Here you go, hooligans. Get at him. He's, he's dodging them more than he's dodging me, baby. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm joking, by the way. I'm not going to dox Tony Khan to Fulton fans. <laughs> that's me mean. By the way, I'm pretty sure they're smart enough to use a computer and already know that yeah, information. True. Let's be honest. True. Oh, my God, though. No, I'm serious. Like, this is just sitting here for a minute. We talked about it. We talked about how big it was. And then when we, like, I figured it'd be fun for us just to fucking fantasy book this. No, and I'm absolutely. Just like, I'm just sitting here going, oh, man. Dude, all I'm going to say, if. If anything, the two matches I need that should be locks anyways, Kenta versus Punk mm-hmm. and FTR versus G.O.D. Those are lock matches. You got tweeted out to him tonight. Those are lock matches. If those are not happening, those are mistakes that should be happening. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. Honestly, because those are the two matches I think most wrestling. If you polled wrestling fans, whoever all of us are going to dream match, but if you mentioned those two matches, I guarantee most wrestling fans would be like, yes, I want to see mm-hmm. that. Outside of that, you can really play around and do whatever you need to do. Because, like I said, you got you could get some interesting matchups here with the uh, you know I would even oh you know what if you're gonna go a one on one with Naito Samoa Joe versus Naito might be a good idea. That could be fun. That'd be a first. Yeah, that I know of. I don't know if they ever have crossed paths before. Not to my knowledge. Not to mine either. Which is I usually would know something like that. Mm. I know Moxley and Naito have obviously had a match. Yes. So that's why I didn't pick him right away because I wanted some fresh matches. I want some. I mean, well, it's got to be a they, dream card. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's obviously, Punk and Kenta has happened before in the past, like mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. But there's a story there. Yeah, <laughs> there's the battle of the go to sleep. Kenta wants that fucking beef, bro. Yes, he wants to show CM Punk the real go to sleep, according to him. Mm-hmm. Which he's the inventor of the go to sleep, including the fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he deserves it. Do I think that uh, Punk's doing the job to Kenta? Probably not. No. But I don't give a shit about all that. No. I do want Phantasma and Ishimori on the card. I love that fucking tag team. The world's cutest tag team, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what they call themselves these days? I think something like that. Something it's something like that. I don't think it's exactly that though. Uh, no, that's that was uh cancel cancel guy and Candice LeRae. Yeah. Uh but no, they, they call themselves something like that though. There's a they have a real they have a weird tag team name. Similar. Anyways, it's not that yeah. important. But still, I love that tag team. Fucking great team. Yeah, we got to make this happen. We got to start tweeting out tonight. Chris Bay should be managing all Bullet Club members. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. 
Give me more Chris Pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude. There's so much shit that you could really book for the show. Dude, Joe versus Tanahashi. I, that's another great match. I don't know if Tanahashi really wants the fire of Joe's fucking chopping the shit out of him, but <laughs> hey, listen, Joe won't mind doing the job. Yeah, I was going to say, go all out for this one. I mean, this is going to be something for the fans, and this is going to be something, like you say, can help both companies really make some headway, getting fans and hopefully retaining them, too. So I think we can all agree, and chat, you can chime in this. I mean, me and you are in agreement here. I think we, we, we've we guaranteed that this thing really needs two lock matches yes. of FTR versus G.O.D. and CM Punk versus kenta and then outside of that we need okada on the card mm-hmm. naito on the card mm-hmm. tanahashi, tanahashi maybe but i if they i love the ace he should be there just because he's the fucking ace so yes the ace should be on the card ace versus jericho we've seen that before though. right we've also seen jericho versus naito before i don't even know if i want chris jericho on the card i'm sorry yeah but you know he's gonna get on there yeah, but I just don't know if I, I want. I know I'm not saying maybe we want, maybe but... we can do the Bullet Club versus the Jericho Appreciation oh. Society. Well, it'd be a good way for the I, I know evil I know. and co- the House of Torture can win that match easy. Good, good win. Yeah, if they do it in a squash, I'm there for it. Do you really think Jericho Appreciation Society has a chance against the House of Torture? Hell no. That's what I say. I need the squash to happen. Sorry, not a fan of the JAS. But I'm just talking about from the New Japan side. You, you, I think you have to have Okada. If you're doing big, big things, you need Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi. They are the the three pillars yep. of New Japan Pro Wrestling they still. there's a, And I also think I'm going to go with Super B. I think Shingo should be on the card for sure. Mm-hmm. Shingo I Max. think I think ZSJ should be on the card for sure. I think it's I think Will Ospreay should be on the card. He's probably going to get Sammy Guevara. Oh, fuck my life. You're not wrong either, son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. Why'd you have to say it out loud? Because I'm, uh, I'm accepting that truth. Ooh, there you go. There's a women's match. Will Asprey and B. Priestley, who used to work for AEW, versus Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara. I, I booked it. It's over. We got a women's match. One that I can watch, too, because Conti's just going to get her face broken in, like, fucking three seconds. Yep. Because that's what B. Priestley does. Mm. And then uh, we get Osprey just doing stuff. Peter yeah. versus Allie? Wow, you're going real, uh, yeah. All right. I see where, Bunny versus Bunny? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see where you're going with this Super B. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not against Peter either. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Peter, as a matter of fact. However, I don't know if Peter wrestles. I don't think she does. I think she's just a valet. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I will take her at any opportunity that we can see her in any ring. Yeah. <laughs> Good reason to book Takahashi. He goes, sorry, board at work. Mm-hmm. No, don't be sorry. Uh-huh. I, I see what you're doing there. I like it. Yeah. But I, I just want to throw it out there. I would take her at any incarnation we can get her. Mm. If that means we have to get Yujiro Takahashi on the card, let's go. Let's yeah. fucking go. Uh, you know who else we could get on there? Tai Chi. Yeah, that's true. He also has a very attractive uh, female valet. This is very, very true. I don't know if she wrestles either. Uh, by the way, I, I'm just saying, if you want a women's match, there you go. The Ospreys. Versus, uh, I'm just seeing B just absolutely kick the face off of Ty Conti. Although you know what you that's could do? what got this reaction. Like, you know what you're going to end up doing though? Actually, when I now think about it, you're going to end up if they're smart, they're going to do it a Japanese style. So you'll end up faction versus faction. Mm-hmm. So you end up with like undisputed elite versus uh, Bullet Club. Or I wouldn't put them against Bullet Club, but I think you were onto something. We were just onto something a minute ago. Uh, you could do uh, the the Great Empire. No, that's United true. Empire. Sorry, United Empire. Why did I say Great Empire? Because I was thinking Great O'Conn. Yeah, Great so O'Conn. So you do Great O'Conn, Jeff Cobb, and um, Will Osprey 
versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. That would be good. I'd be all right with that. And then you could do a Bullet Club match. Four guys in Bullet Club versus, well, House of Torture, I would say. Mm-hmm. Versus maybe the Super Elite. Or, well, no, you're not going to have Adam Cole twice. So maybe, well, that's where you get in trouble. Oh, no, you could do, you know what? Jurassic Express versus House of Torture. That would be Just fun. do three of them. Like Evil and then Phantasma and Ishimori versus Jungle Exp- or uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Express, Express and Christian Cage. And Christian Cage, yeah. That would work. That would be cool. Then you could do... Oh, man, there's so many possibilities there. You literally could do a ton of shit, but that I, I think that if that would be the smartest way to get more people on the card. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine they could do Taiguchi USA, Tanahashi, Taguchi, Ooh. and Rocky Romero taking... Well, Rocky Romero's in, in chaos, but you could, you could borrow him for one night taking on the best friends. That would be epic. Who are in chaos, but we're borrowing people, but then you could do the chaos. Oh, what about chaos versus chaos? Yeah, you got a lot of... Goto. Uh, you do Goto. Uh, fucking... Um, damn, I'm trying to think of what three. Toriano, Goto. Yes, I know people are going to be mad about Toriano, but Toriano, Goto, and uh, I don't know. One other for fucking chaos versus the American chaos yeah. faction. That would be something. That'd be interesting. That'd be real interesting. That also, we get your Jericho Appreciation Society. I know we don't like them, but they get, yeah, them on, the get on the card. And you can put them against like a big high power New Japan team. And then you could just do a couple singles matches and that. Listen. Still, I'm still on it, and this is gonna. We're gonna end and go to the last part, and so we can close up. I know we've been talking for a while because this is how good this is. So if you are, if you think that we're not happy about this, no, we're, we're just ecstatic spent, about. We this. just spent 15 minutes easy talking about dream matches, uh, but literally, Tony Khan. If you listen to anything I've ever said, God versus FTR, Punk versus Kenta, and then just give me fucking pillars, baby. Mm-hmm. Give me as many guys from New Japan on the card. Let's do fucking six mans and eight mans. I don't care. That's what I'm about. I'm here for oh, this. Oh, and if Abushi is healthy and Omega is healthy, Golden Lovers versus Los Ingrenables in a mix AEW and AEW, mm-hmm. I think it'd be perfect. Fucking perfect. I'm here for this. We're definitely going to be watching the show when it happens. Jericho Appreciation Society versus Los Ingrenables de Japón, represented by uh, Hamaru, hmm. Shingo, and probably Bushi. I was going to say. Or you could do Naito there if you're not going to do my idea. Mm-hmm. Ooh, or Los Ingrenables implode. Andrade's group against... That Los Naito, oh, Shingo, A- and the, Amaru Takahashi. Yeah, the AFO or ticking time bomb should be a part of this fucking show, bro. What him and Darby? Dude, that'd be death to Darby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> actually, that's not true. One of them would die. Yeah, because they both do crazy dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Unless we remember, Hamaru led in fucking Dragon League him that fucking suplex from hell that yep. broke his neck. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a great match, by the way. I think I want to see that match. Damn it! We got to stop, because I'm going to keep going. Oh, I'm pumped. Fucking pot. Yo, for people who don't think I get hyped about AEW, this is a good move for AEW. Like I said, I don't know if this brings in new eyes for AEW. It definitely brings in new eyes for New Japan. But I will say this. As a fucking wrestling fan, this makes me hyped. Yes. And that's what you want. This is, like I said, this could, this could be a very positive move for AEW. They just got capitalized on it. Just can't drop the ball. All right, let's end on a positive note. Let's give some jewels, baby. Sure. Last week, I wanted to talk about this very thing, but then we had to talk about people going into business for themselves. So, 
I cannot stress for any young up and coming wrestlers or even people who have been in the game for a while that uh, you know don't are not getting as booked as much as they'd like. Mm-hmm. Network, network, network. You are in locker rooms that if you're doing proper etiquette, you should be at least introducing yourself to everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're there, and I'm not saying kiss ass or try to like you know politic your way onto a show, but if you know a guy wrestles for certain companies and you're friendly with him, it is not against the rules to say, hey, I know you wrestle here because you put in a good word for me. Or, hey, can I shadow you on a weekend? Or, hey, you know, if you know there's a promoter around, mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get books that, you know, is there a place I could get on your card? You know, and mind you, if you're young and up and coming, sometimes you got to pay them dues and take like, you know, very little payday to none. You know, sometimes you should just go to a show with a vet or somebody else that you know and go and offer to put the ring together and be ring crew and just let them know, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. It's the best way. Mm. Bring, no matter where you go, if you're a pro wrestler, if you are going to any wrestling show, you should have your gear on you. Rule number one, wrestlers, always make sure you have your gear. Mm -hmm. You don't know how many guys I know who have gotten booked and then gotten rebooked because they just happened to have their gear when somebody didn't make it to a fucking show. Now, here's here's the really tricky part. I'm all about getting paid. Yeah. But sometimes if you show up with a vet or somebody who's a trainer or whoever you know, ask to go to shows with them, a lot of times they will take you as long as they don't have a car full. But make sure you get there early, right? Even offer to drive if you have a car. Best way to fucking pick, you can pick a vet's brain, you can pick your trainer's brain, you can go to a show, go in, make sure you help put the ring together, put up whatever you need to do, and always make sure that you say, hey, if you need me, I'm here. Now, when you say that, Sometimes you got to take that L and pay. Yeah. I know a couple guys who have made it on shows because they showed up with a vet or their trainer and they've helped put the ring together. They put that out there. Somebody doesn't show up. Hey, do you have your gear? Absolutely. And they didn't get paid. But the next time they did. And usually they make up for it. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody calls and invites you back. You should get paid. Yes. My, my rule on pay is when you're paying your dues is if you're at a show and you're a replacement and they don't pay you, which some places will. Yeah. I don't take, you just take the L and go, hey, I got to wrestle in front of people. It's experience. If you're a young wrestler, if you're an older wrestler, probably shouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. unless you really need to get your name out there. Yeah. But if a promoter books you, <laughs> you should always be paid. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're getting paid. But you should always be paid. Get something. You should always be compensated. And I'm not talking about a hot dog and a handshake. The two H's, baby. No. So all I'm saying is please, guys, make sure to network. And networking is just as simple as making. Like, if you're in the locker room and following proper locker room etiquette, you should already be introducing yourself to everybody. Already. Whenever I walk into a locker room, even to this day, I would just walk up. Hey, I'm Rich. Da-da-da-da. Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Rich, da-da-da-da, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Rich, da-da-da-da, nice to meet you. And of course, if I already know the person, it's different. Then there's small talks, conversation, that's where hugging comes involved and all that happy shit. But that's the first way of networking, because if you're showing respect and you're being respectful, you're going to get a lot further. Also, while you're there, like I said, you know these guys are getting booked elsewhere. Hey, if you become familiar, maybe not the first thing you should say to a guy is, hey, my name is Rich, and, you know, hey, I know you work for this place. Could you fucking weasel me in? 
Mm-hmm. That's not maybe the first thing you should say, but after you create a repar, you might be able, hey, could you put a good word? I'm looking for more dates. Or if you know a guy's a promoter, once again, don't kiss ass, but say, hey, listen, you know, I could do ring crew, stop by, you know, you know, if you don't mind me coming to the show, if you have something for me, you have some for me. But the best way to do that is just to network with vets. And if you have a teacher that is willing to take you or you to drive them, but vets and that is the best way to network. Mm-hmm. Because you can say, hey, listen, I don't have anything coming up. I'd like to do some shows. You know, can I ride with you sometime just to go to shows? And a lot of them are going to be like, oh, we can't give you a guarantee that you'll get booked or that you'll wrestle. But yeah, fuck it. Why not? Everybody needs help putting up the ring. It's true. So, or tearing it down. And always remember, if you're in someone else's house and you're a young guy in the town, and I'm not going to say young guy in age because you could be older, but if you're low on the totem pole, do not fucking leave the show before the ring is down. Mm-hmm. I can't stress enough how shitty that is. If you show up for opportunities, make sure you put the ring together. If it's a, if it needs to be put together or whatever they need you to do, and make sure you're there for fucking teardown. Don't be ditching out on that shit. Yeah. Because that's a way to not get invited back. Nobody wants a guy, you know. I, I'll share with you a ton of time. You know what? A.R. Fox has no problems putting up and taking down fucking rings. And he was a featured guy. And I saw him. I've seen him help put up and tear down, no lie, at least six or seven times. That's so crazy. And he was featured on the fucking poster. Right. And we used to sell that to people. If A.R. Fox can put up a fucking ring and take it mm-hmm. down and offer, you could tell him, no, dude, I don't need you. You know, you, you did enough. Nope. Doesn't take no for an answer. I had him come into town one night early for a show and found out we put up the ring the night before because they let us in early and because the weather was shitty. Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, I wish I would have known I was in town. I would have come down and helped you out. A.R. Fox. Class act. By the way, I love A.R. Yeah. Fox. Be like A.R. Fox. Mm-hmm. A.R. Fox is a great Facts. guy to be around. I know he doesn't travel as much, but he's a great guy to be around. But find an A.R. Fox event. You know what? The vets are out there. They'll help you, man. There's guys like Davey Richards. If Davey Richards is on a show, he'll watch people. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing these days. He's just happy to know the young guys. Alex Shelley, the same thing. There's a lot of these vets that are willing to fucking help you. You just have to network mm-hmm. and say, hey. And do it in a respectful way. Don't go, hey, could you watch my match like that? Yeah. Be like, hey, you know, if if, if, you, if you're not busy or anything, you know, I, I'm kind of looking for some pointers, how I can get to the next level. You know, do you think you could take a look? And they're either going to say yes or no. And a lot, even if they say no for whatever reason, a lot of times they'll be like, well, send me some of your stuff or tell me where I can get a link and I'll watch and I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys won't ever do that. There are going to be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can name some, but I'm not going to. Just know they're out there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of guys that are there to help the youth, man. And some guys who maybe weren't helping the youth when they were younger that are doing it now. And and so it's it's great. I mean, I've seen a lot of great dudes, even in New York State, even right now, I see a lot of great fucking teachers and people who know how to get the job done in the ring. And it's a shame that not enough people are just hanging out with those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Picking their brain. Let, finding out how to get on a show. And don't think you're above any show. I know I talk about shindies. <laughs> and if we remember, uh, if you don't remember our, our lesson, Brody Lee, I don't care what anybody says, the late great Brody Lee. Mm. Love you, brother. Uh, he's the one that I heard create the word shindy, yeah. which just means shit indie. But you know what? With that being said, I don't shit on shindies. You know why? Because everybody needs a place to start. Sure. And if you're wrestling in front of fucking 
25, 30 people. That's 25, 30 people more than you're wrestling in front of if you're sitting your ass at home. Mm-hmm. Where do you think people cut their teeth and where you got to get you, the one thing in wrestling you have to have as a wrestler is ring time. Yep. And experience. And guess what? You get experience from ring time. Just like you get experience from mic time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're taking, you know, any opportunity. I'm not saying grab. Listen, if the fucking rundown, she says no mic time for you. Don't fucking yeah, grab don't, the mic. Because yeah. that'll be a great way. You know, I don't know about other promoters, but I'll tell you right now, you did that shit on a show that I was running. You go back through that curtain, it's going to be a bad day. Yes. A fucking bad day. But if if you come and you... It's not politicking either. Like a lot of... There's a difference, in my opinion, between politicking and, and pleading your case. Mm-hmm. Politicking is something you do where you try to kiss ass to get ahead. Pleading your case is... And I mind you, this is not begging because I could tell you bad examples of that. Maybe down the road I will. But pleading your case might just be as simple as, hey, man, I would like to get some mic time. Is that possible? If the promoter or booker says no, it is what it, it is. is. What it is. But you can plant the seed because you can say maybe another time. And, and you know what? Usually as long as you're respectful, they're going to make, yeah, we'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, or you talk to the booker or promoter and say, hey, I'd like to come into this company more. Is there a way we can work that out? A lot of times you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know. But you got to go out there and show and prove. And you also got to do the things. I'm going to tell you right now, secret of being a booker, you can book a lot of local talent. But if I have my options between two workers who are both green, but, you know, up and coming, and one of the guys shows up for ring crew, put up and tear down, and the other guy disappears, I'm always going to book the guy, even if he's not the better wrestler, who shows up for for put up and tear down Mm -hmm. always why because that tells me he wants it more jordan oliver was putting up and tearing down rings we've heard stories numerous times that jordan oliver is not getting to a position where he is now as being recognized as one of the young up-and-coming stars of wrestling because he just happens to be in gcw this is a kid who was a scrawny kid who decided he wanted to be a wrestler. That's all he ever wanted. He was the first person at shows. Mm. He was the first person at training. He was the last person to leave shows. He was the last person to leave training. It's all about how you carry yourself and what you and what you do. He networked. He found people who, because they were impressed that he did those things, took him and would answer the questions or would vouch for him on shows or would try to give him an opportunity. Once they, the only guy can do is say, I can try to give you an opportunity and then you have to go in there and bust your ass. And once again, even if somebody's slightly better than you, as long as you came in, if you were the more respectful and you did more work and you wanted it more, you will always get the spot over that person. I will put money on it. Mm -hmm. Money. I had fucking students for the company who didn't even come for put up and tear down. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to book the guy that showed up for the battle Royal paid me seminar money and helped do everything else before then. So the most important things here is be respectful, take your advantages. And that's part of networking. Networking is not just, Oh, you know, I should talk to this guy or that guy. Networking is talk to the guy and see if he can help you out in any way possible. It is a brotherhood at the end of the day. You're going to run into some no's, but you're also going to run into some yeses. And I, like I say to my kid to this day, and this is just general knowledge for me, if you don't ask, it's a 100% chance that it's going to be a no. Yep. But if you ask, you have a 50-50 shot, right? It's facts. So I would take the 50-50 shot, you know, and never be scared. Like I said, don't come up in politics and talk bullshit to the booker or promoter because they don't want to hear that shit, especially on the day of a show. Yeah. Trust me. 
Nothing turns me off fucking quicker. However, if a guy comes and pleads his case a little bit, as long as it's respectful and he's not giving me the business, as long as he's like, and as long as it's not like, oh, I don't like what you have booked, so I want you to do this, because that sounds stupid. Yeah. But if it's little things like, hey, you know, do you mind if I do this during my match? Hey, do you, if, if there's some mic time that I could grab? Hey, do you think, you know, you know, after your match or something, hey, did, you, did I do a good job for you? Is there a possibility, you know, you'd be interested in making this a regular thing and bringing me back? I'd love to come back. Mm-hmm. It's that little respectful things you can do without driving somebody nuts that'll go a long way. And that's how you network. And uh, trust me, promoters talk to one another, unless they don't like each other. Yeah. Most of them still talk to one another. Bookers talk to one another. Wrestlers talk to one another. That's how you fucking get over. Can't stress that enough. And also, when you get booked on shows, tweet about your fucking shows. <laughs> Especially if you're low, man. Yeah, be your own advocate for that. Low man should, if you're a low man on the totem, you should be going hard on promoting shows that you're on. You should be going hard on promoting things that you're doing. You should be going, and I'm not saying be on social media every day, but if you're going to be on a show this week, like if you're going to be on a show on Saturday, I should see posts at least on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday of where you're going to be. Probably multiple times. Two weeks out, you should probably do a couple ones to remind people. Like one in the middle of the week, one on that Saturday, a week from now. As soon as you get booked, you should be putting it out there. Or here, I'll even give you a tip too. If you are on Twitter or any social media that is going to be shown across a platform, do it during a wrestling show. Put your stuff there. Use the hashtag of the show that's running because wrestling fans are going to be on tuning in. It works. Never. Never, ever, ever, under any fucking circumstance, though, should you ever respond to somebody's tweet in the comment section to plug your own shift, to plug another show when they're talking about their show. Oh, my God, no. Never. It looks desperate and shitty. This happened to me this weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking I'll, I'll burn that bridge. I was not really burning bridge. Ken was uh, messaging about Glory Pro Wrestling and said how you know how great Davy Richards uh, the Davy Richards match was. was and putting it over, putting over their their announcer. It was very nice. Glory Pro liked it. Very good. That's the way you do things. And the comment was Warrior Wrestling spamming their next event post in his comments mm-hmm. and they're allegedly supposed to be a bigger indie company hmm i'm like that's a bush league shit yeah and re- what it looks like when you do shit like that is it just looks bush league i'm sorry it really does because that is like that's a shameless promotion you shouldn't be doing you should never just like the guy and mind you these are fans ken m and a friend of ours another podcasting friend of ours we're having a conversation about atticus coger yes some fucking indie wrestler decided to jump in and be like oh he's a fucking piece of shit fuck him and then when the person was like well i i disagree with you i think he's a very good wrestler they were like oh you're a mark well you just turned that person on ever fucking wanting to watch you mm-hmm. there's an up-and-coming wrestler from the ohio area who trust me he's not even getting booked on the shows he's a student for yep probably because of stupid shit like that because he probably can't stop drinking and fucking tweeting dumb shit that's just me speculating but I've seen it before. So there's a way to be professional and not to be professional. You should always just 
make sure you advocate for yourself. If you're going to be on a show, fucking go hard at it because you're advocating for yourself and the promoter and the booker, as long as you're tagging the company, goes, oh, this dude that's on our undercard is fucking promoting us. Let's bring him back. Yeah. Other wrestling companies might see it and go, oh, this dude is fucking doing the tweet thing that nobody else is doing currently. Let's bring him in. That's that's a good way. So the internet's a good tool. Um, also, I know a lot of guys say this. Never, 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 never. Email, cold email a promotion. Yes. With your fucking YouTube video or whatever. I know people tell you to do that. It never gets watched. It gets it's deleted. a little secret. Yeah. It never gets watched. Don't DM a promoter unsolicited. It never gets answered right. It really doesn't. Don't ever unsolicitedly because it just it, it, people don't want to be. It's poor it. taste. I mean, like, listen, if, if your if your talent's good enough, they'll find it. But if you want to do right, don't be so self centered to do it all about yourself and make you think that you're the hottest commodity. You gotta put the work in for the place you're going for. Super B says this is all valuable information with the the prayers. Thanks, man. Uh, that's what I'm doing this for because I know that there's young guys out there like you and other guys in the business that there's nobody. There, there's some people telling you about this, but not a lot. And I've been in enough locker rooms and know that this is the best way to do it. And there's a respectful way to come about it. And there's some information that a lot of vets will give you that it'll value. And I think a lot of what I just said would all be co-signed by most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the email thing could be different because there are some people who still believe in like cold emailing or cold messaging people. But from my fucking personal experience, I can tell you it never worked. I never, there was never anybody booked for any of the promotions I ever worked from off of an email. Yeah. I mean, it was bigger to do emails back then, but a private message email, never a cold one. Now, if we ask for it, that's different. Yeah, if you're putting it out there to contact, that's one thing. Like, like if you if you make a post as a wrestler, and I'll use you, Super B, because you are a wrestler. Super B puts a Twitter post that he's going to be at Excite Wrestling in a couple weeks, which is true, because mm-hmm. you do a good job at that. You plug the show, and another promoter sees that and goes, hey, I want to book this Super B kid. So he messages you and says, hey. Do you have a highlight package? Do you have some matches I can watch? Can you point me in that direction? Absolutely do it. Send them the link to a YouTube link or a Twitch link or a video package link you might have put together or anything like that. Do that. But you should never just drop that and somebody's like, you should never write that fucking uh, the, the direct message or email that's like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm a wrestler, I really would like to get booked in your promotion, here's my, you know, fucking headshot and fucking my information and here's my highlight reel, da 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 People see that shit, they go, delete. delete. It's just like your fucking spam follower. You're mm-hmm. like, eh, whatever. And then even when I did watch it, man, you got fucking no time to impress me. I better turn that shit off and my socks better get knocked off in the first couple minutes. Tops. Usually 30 seconds. Depends on the gimmick. If it's a ladies' man gimmick, you got 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. 10 seconds. You know why? Fucking everybody does the ladies' man gimmick. By the way, if you're a wrestler doing the ladies' man gimmick, find a different gimmick. Find a different gimmick. It's fucking tired and it's beat up. (laughs) It's facts. There's already guys who do it way better. Just give it mm-hmm. up. You're not going to be better than Rhett Titus. Yes. You're not going to be better than fucking uh, Too Hot Steve Scott if you're here on the East Coast. It's not going to happen. Just don't do it. Switch. Abort mission. Can name some people who made that mistake over the years. Some of them listen and aborted. Mm-hmm. But it's just an old, tired fucking gimmick. 
Yeah. Let's do something different. You want to get booked, do something different. Stand, Always do something different. Stand, stand out. out. You can be marketable. We'll talk about that more later on as gimmicks in a different week. We're not going to do this every week, but I just really want to do the, the networking. Networking is valuable. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. And like I said, nowadays with the internet, man, just doing what you're doing, plug in being on shows might get you noticed by somebody, honestly. Because it's not like they're not looking at it. Because Ken here, even though I said it was a bad thing to do, because it was what Warrior Wrestling did was horrible. If they hear that, I'm sorry, guys. Don't fucking do that to people's mm-hmm. things. But obviously, there was nothing there that was tagging Warrior Wrestling. So they were either following the Davey Richards at, which is fucking sad. Yeah. They shouldn't be following, even though he's going to be on one of their shows. doesn't matter. You shouldn't be following a wrestler's at. Or they were following the Glory Pro at. They were doing that or they're following the hashtags. So no matter what they were doing, they were following something to shoot that back. So my point is you can use that to your advantage because if you're on the Excite Wrestling show and you're tagging Excite and you're tagging yourself and you're tagging this and you put hashtag wrestling, hashtag wrestling community, hashtag pro wrestling, hashtag, you know, and the list goes on and on. Take. Somebody's going to be, if it's, uh, plug it on the night of Dynamite. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. Fuck that. I have no, See, you can hashtag shit. I don't always do it, but you can. I do it, but that's my thing. Yeah. I do it when we're plugging the show. Yeah. Every Wednesday night, there's a break. One or one or both of us. Picture or picture. One or, one or the both of us, when he goes to picture or picture, does a, hey, it's time for PIP. You know what that means. Go check out this week's 607, hashtag 607TWS. We talk, give a little burp, and then, of course, there's always hashtag AEW, hashtag AEW Dynamite. Yep. And it works because I could tell you the views and impressions right now. Numbers don't lie about that situation. But if you're doing that and you're a wrestler, the cool part about that is that's how somebody might follow you and go, oh, man, they're fucking promoting this wrestling show. I want more wrestlers promoting a wrestling show. Even though I said so bad about Drew Cordero earlier, there's something to promoting yourself. Yeah, there's all about doing it the proper way, though. Then that's the thing. It's like if you're being smart about this, obviously, if you're talented enough and you're in the business, promote yourself, but do it very humbly, too. Always remember at the end of the day, you are a business. Yes. You, if you're a professional wrestler or want to be a professional wrestler, you are a business. You are your own business. The commodity that your business sells is you. Mm -hmm. And if you can't advocate for yourself or sell yourself, you're only going to go so far. Exactly. And once again, that goes with the original, what's your ceiling? By the way, being a weekend warrior and wrestling smaller shows is not a bad thing if that's what you're if you just want to be involved. Mm-hmm. If you want to go higher than that, then there's more work that gets involved. And that's where networking and shit comes in. Because you're always gonna try to get there. Always gonna try to get there. And the best ways to do that is to get on shows. You're gonna wrestle, people are gonna see you wrestle. And if you're good if you impress somebody, they're gonna go, Hey, I was just on this show last week and I saw so and so. Yeah. It happens. Those things really fucking happen. It's not mystical. It happens. And if that if the promoter then checks you out and sees that you're plugging where you're going to be and that you're plugging yourself, they want to be in business with you because they understand that you know fucking business. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you're your own best commodity. We will continue this on sometime, other. I know I'm going on for a minute, but I do really want to... I, I feel passionate about... I know there's a bunch of wrestlers who do listen to this show, and I feel passionate about getting y'all motherfuckers booked places because you should always be wrestling in front of somebody. And you should always be going on if that's your goal. If your goal is to stay in the couple promotions you're in, that's fine. I, I got number love for you there as well. But if you want to know how to get booked elsewhere, there it is. Use the tools. Talk to wrestlers. Volunteer for things. Make sure you're promoting yourself and your product. And your product is you. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point in juncture, 
<laughs> David Starr, who I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> he called himself the product, and he was not fucking wrong. That's the one thing that he did that I can agree with. Because he understood that, and he promote Back when he first started, before he was controversial as fuck, which he yeah. is now and has been for years, he the, the fact is he when he nicknamed himself originally the product, it was smart because he understood that how to market himself. He marketed himself as a fucking product. Mm-hmm. That's what you should take from him. Uh, the other crazy shit, leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone. There's a reason why he ain't getting booked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised CYN hasn't booked him. Give it time. I'm giving it time for everybody. Everybody's yeah. going to end up there. But anyways, with that being said, Ken M, I know we've gone long, but I think we've done some good things. We had a lot of fun tonight. Tell the folks how to find you in the ODPH. I'll even throw one more thing out there. If you have multiple social media accounts, get a link tree or something like that and put that in your bios. Link Trust me. Your friend. It will save you plenty of time. Don't just put like one account. But if you want more helpful tips like that, swing on over to odphpodcast.com and join the conversation on social media. I'd like to interact with people on Twitter, so definitely at OD Parlay Hour on most social media outlets. But, hey, we got them all right there. Parlay Points, new blogs are dropping. So if you're into comic books or if you're into pro wrestling, and I hope you are, definitely check out the blogs count anywhere. The complimentary pro wrestling blog to this show and the ODPH Podcast. T Public Store, always a good time to go get some swag. Classifieds, where you can find good friends of the show like... 8122 Productions and 3 Fat Nerds. You want to go just check it out and get become immersed with the ODPH Society, and you can only do that at odphpodcast.com. Let's keep it simple and simple. 8122productions.com gets you all the information about the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast and myself. Our T Public store is there. Patreon link's there. Twitch link is there if you're listening to some podcast form. So many cool other things that uh, check it out. Uh, friends of the show, everything else is listed there. Awesome place to be. Uh, socials, it's easy. Three Fat Nerds Pod, throw an at in front of it. That is literally our our, our, our uh, handle on everywhere. So it's an easy peasy, lemon squeezy one to go. And, uh, you know, we were always enjoying it. A new episode of 3FN Pod comes out tomorrow. Yes. So Tuesday, because we're live on Twitch today. If you're listening to this on uh, anywhere else, it's uh, probably already out. Probably already out. But it's, it's good stuff. Talk. Uh, we did uh, the review this week. 3FN Movie Club review. I can't wait Was for the this unbearable one. wait of massive talent i almost said it wrong again i've said it all night and i keep saying it wrong it's a long fucking title but it's great by the way the name of the show is the unbearable weight of massive nerd nerds. talent yep so i had to sleep nerd in there i was gonna put massive nerds and i was like eh. we can get it because we're fat nerds but i don't know if anybody else appreciate it but mm. with that being said ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into the wrestling show this week it was another supersized show i know but man we got in a fantasy booking about AEW and, and New Japan. We got to talk some wrestling for the wrestlers. And, of course, we had to shine that light at independent wrestling because if you know anything about this show and the two of us in this table, we are passionate about independent wrestling Facts. and watching the nothing but the best. When I said last week, if I've never seen somebody that's kind of impressive, it's because I watched that much fucking wrestling. Uh, some would say I have a problem. Probably. But, some, uh, some people can call it a problem. I call it a gift. I, I, I love to consume wrestling and good wrestling. And if you are a wrestler out there who would like to pick my brain about anything, feel free to message me on probably Twitter's the best at three fat nerds pod. I do all the stuff there. So go ahead and message me about that. Or also if you would like uh, any of that stuff, I, I mean, I, depending upon who it is, don't, don't be spamming me with the, uh, all the, all the stuff. But if you want me to look at something uh, at uh, it's three fat nerds pod at gmail.com, if you want information about, you know, somebody to look at a tape or something as long as you're nice about it i will have no problem looking at it and telling you my opinion mm-hmm. but just be ready i'm not going to sugarcoat shit because that's not what i do Facts. so if it's straight trash i'm going to tell you it's straight trash bro i'm sorry uh you know I, i'll say it nicer than that but it's you're not going to be able to convince me uh my wife goes yeah there are issues lol what yeah. issues 
What issues? Issues, it's a gift for the wrestling knowledge. It should be applauded. Thank you. Thank you. Only if I could have gotten paid doing it. Damn, Ring of Honor not wanting to pay me more than 30 grand. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, we are going to say goodbye, as we always do. We are going to play our good friend, Second Suitor. Song's called One Winged Angel. Check it out anywhere you get great music. Support them. Support everything we do. We'll be back next week where we'll be talking more GCW because we have the Restores Review. Although then we have a couple weeks off between GCW shows, unless they add something in there. Yeah. And also, we'll be talking Circle Six and then whatever else puffs up in the world of pro wrestling. Until next week, thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, wrestling fans! Top ropes, one, two.